shops, but the paper has been inundated with comments saying it gives a very selective view. People in Dunstable have been telling BBC Three Counties what they think about the town. Nothing happening here. Look at the place. No shops, nothing for you to do. Anytime you need something, you got to go up to Lutin, Milton Keynes. So, you know, we need some more investment. Hopefully the next government can sort it out. Oh, definitely, I think it's died. It died a long time ago when they got rid of the Queensway. That used to bring people into the town who also then brought money into the town. FBI agents in Ohio have arrested and charged a man with plotting to launch an attack on the US Capitol building in Washington. Court documents say the man, named as Christopher Cornell, tried to buy a rifle and ammunition. He had also allegedly posted Twitter messages supporting Islamic State and violent jihad. Routine surgery has been reinstated at Bedford Hospital following an unprecedented demand for emergency care. An increase in admissions involving elderly patients meant all beds were taken last week. The hospital promised the situation would improve and all routine surgery has been reinstated. Buckinghamshire MP and former Attorney General Dominic Grieve has joined the row on TV debates ahead of the general election. David Cameron says he won't take part unless the Green Party is included. Mr Grieve, the MP for Beaconsfield, says the debate should be open to all national parties with the hope of winning a seat. These are not presidential elections. They are political party elections, and it seems to me to be right that if we are moving uh, towards a, a situation where we have a large number of parties that have the possibility of winning seats and are campaigning on a national basis, they should be represented. I must say, I do fail to understand why the Greens have not been included in this. The motorway service station operator, Welcome Break, based at the Newport Pagnell Services on the M1, is among nearly 40 firms that have been named and shamed by the government for failing to pay some of their workers the minimum wage. They'll now face fines. The minimum wage for adults over 20 stands at £6.50 an hour. In sport, Tottenham and Southampton are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after replay wins last night. Spurs came from 2-0 down to beat Burnley 4-2 at White Hart Lane, while Southampton won 1-0 at Ipswich. The weather, rain clearing to leave a generally dry day, still windy though, a maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius, and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. You are cool, take a trip Prisons ever, ever, ever shall be Hip, 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 hip BBC Three Counties Radio. Coming up today, I'm going to play you the best song you've never heard in your life. Martin Slavin and his gang with the Rocker Charleston. Oh, baby! It popped up in my life last night and it's changed the way I view the world. Kath, what else have we got on the show? Dunno, I can't get my computer to work. Okay! Kelly, what else have we got on the show? Disappointed doctors. 
defiant Dunstable. Okay, sell it. Dirty, devilish, dodgy, doggy dealing. Dodgy, doggy dealing. Kath, you wrote those words. Yeah. What does the last one mean? Dirty, devilish, dodgy, dogging, dealy? Not dogging. Doggy. Uh, that's just as bad in many. Man alive. Do you want to take part in the show? <laughs> Kath just got it. You can do by giving us a call. I should have changed it to doggy daddy dealy. Um, no. 08459 555555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. That bothered about um, the potential TV and radio debates amongst the party leaders? Anybody? 
Well, uh, Nick Clegg was a pleasant surprise last time around. And then a pleasant disappointment afterwards, some would say, he said, being careful as we approach an election period not to show any bias. Um, But the whole of Prime Minister's question time yesterday wasn't about the NHS. (laughs) How rude. Wasn't about the NHS. Yeah, bless you. Wasn't about the NHS. Wasn't about um, the situation in France and t- terrorism. It was about what they- when they're going to appear on telly. A chicken tried to phone the prime minister yesterday. Sorry. Yeah, a chicken. What do you mean? Daily Mirror sent someone in a chicken suit to a phone box to have a picture taken trying to phone the prime minister. Is it 1997? It is. Is, in is, the, is the eleven o'clock show about to go back on air? What's what's happening? That's a kind of silly prank we'd pull. We'd have pulled when we were children. Uh, is anybody bothered by the the the, the prospect of the lead? I can't think of a, of a duller television experience in my life, unless it was hosted by Jeremy Kyle, and they suddenly brought out their uh, ex girlfriends and uh, DNA. They did the lie detector with Jeremy Kyle. Or That's what they need to do. Or they could put them in the cube. <laughs> okay, here we go. Uh, are you bothered by it? Um, uh, Better formats. H- how would we make the uh, leaders' debates sexier? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Contender, ready? <laughs> I like it. I like the idea of them in the cube. Uh, now, doctors in Bedfordshire are angry that thousands of pounds they've saved won't be reinvested into their practices. Instead, it'll be used towards a £30 million deficit at the Clinical Commissioning Group, which runs the county's health services. Well, uh, Jamie Kafash is the new uh, news editor for Pulse. That's the trade magazine for GPs. Morning, Jamie. Morning, Ian. So, first, first of all, what is this money and how have GPs saved it? Well, what's happened is that um, there was an agreement between the CCG and local GPs that if uh, if GPs met target on say uh, met targets on saving money in prescribing, uh, they would be given um, more funding by the uh, CCG to improve patient care. Um, they did actually meet the targets, many of them, but the CCG's now turned around and said um, they they're not going to give the funding to the uh, practices. And it's it's about thirty million quid, so it's a lot of money. What, what would that money have gone to if the practices had got it? Well, actually, the the CCG's uh, overall uh, deficit is thirty million pounds. Oh, sorry, sorry, apologies. Yeah, no, that's fine. Uh, the money given to practices is actually more like four hundred sixty thousand pounds. Thank you. Now uh, there are there are various schemes that the practice would have spent the money on. Um, the ones that we've spoken to uh, would uh, have spent uh, money on disabled access in the past, for example. Um, there's uh, improving equipment to improve uh, patient safety. So it's uh, the, the, one of the conditions of the scheme was that the money would go to patient safety. It couldn't go straight into the GP pocket. So then why is, is Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group, which is run by doctors, insisting that they get the money? Well, uh, Bedfordshire CCG has actually got, uh, at, at, last, uh, at last count, it's got the worst deficit in the country. Um, uh, as you say, it's, uh, it, it's £29 million deficit. So, um, so there is a real problem there. Um, now, the, the CCG's argument is that we are all, that the uh, practices are all membership um, uh, organisations. They're all part of the CCG, so they should be making a sacrifice. Um, however, it was agreement put in place uh, at the start of last year that they would uh, get the money if, if they made the targets. Now, uh, practice had to spend money on putting processes in place that would save this money. So it's already money that they've actually had to invest in uh, in order to get the target, to, to, to make the targets. I would imagine, and uh, we're hopefully speaking to a doctor later on, but I would imagine that the doctors uh, involved in this are, are, are pretty cheesed off. 
Well, yeah, you could say that. Um, there's been absolute fury. Uh, and, uh, I mean, when we put our story uh, live, it was, it was doctors from around the country that were outraged about this. Um, there was an agreement in place, um, and, and the CCG sort of rolled back on their side of the agreement um, because of, uh, cause of uh, financial problems on their own side. So, yeah, there is a lot of anger. And is there any, do we know, is there anything that the doctors can do, or do they just have to roll over and take this? I understand that the, that the local group, uh, the local medical group, which um, which represents GPs, I understand they're looking into it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, there's there's a good chance that the, the CCG that they won't be able to do anything. Um, I'm not sure what the, the details, the actual contract. But um, I've, I've seen one GP say that that uh, it was dependent on the CCG making its financial targets itself. Right. So there, there, there could be a little uh, kind of paragraph in that contract that allows the CCG to do this legitimately. As I say, we don't know, no. but in, in, in other contracts there have been those clauses, yeah. Jamie, it's a great story. I appreciate you bringing it to our attention. Thank you very much. Jamie Cafash, news editor for Pulse, the trade magazine for GPs. 08459 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. The scarf's off. Another button's been undone on the shirt. I'm starting business. I'm starting to warm up now, Catherine. I'm starting to warm up. Um, uh, isn't it funny? Uh, th- 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 I would never have thought there was a trade magazine for GPs, but there are trade magazines for everything. Mm-hmm. Does it, was it what was it called? Extracts. Yes. Does it, and it was it wasn't it spelled X dash T R A X. Yes. That was kind of the industry magazine for radio. Yeah, I saw it floating around more when I worked in commercial. It was in radio. commercial. Does that nonsense still go? It was. If you ever hear um, a, a, a radio presenter or DJ filling by doing on this day in history, it came from. Extracts, didn't well, it? it used to, but then the internet came right. along, and you can get that stuff everywhere. Man alive, there are still some... It's What, what day is it? Uh, it's, it's 2015, that's the day. Uh, there are still presenters who um, have not got enough nous to fill a radio show with, I don't know, talking themselves. That's what they're paid for. That they have to pull off the internet a list of things that happened in this on this day in history, or celebrity birthdays today, or celebrity deaths today. Isn't that sad and boring? The things I like, yep. I mean, for the wrong reasons, is when you hear an on this day in history and it's something really boring. Yep. Yep. Like on this day in history, someone um, fell on a spinning jenny. I'll tell you what we'll do, right? It probably happened. <laughs> we could make that stuff up. I'll tell you what we'll do, OK, because it's such a lame radio thing. We'll do it for a day, but you have to let us know you're on this day in history. So things that maybe happened uh, in your... F- and it's a tough one, because you're going to have to think. You can lie. Make it up. Yeah. Uh, maybe, it, uh, uh, you know, on this day in history, your gran was born a hundred years ago. On this day in history, your washing machine exploded. You're on this day's in histories. Not sure where those S's should have gone. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Hey, it was this day in history uh, two years ago that we got travel from Sammy Bruff for the first time ever. <laughs> no, it wasn't. News for Shut up, Sammy. Get on with it. And bugs. <laughs> BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Five Ways Corner. That's because it's flooded, so it's been closed for safety. In Hitchin, on the A505 Upper Tilehouse Street, there's some temporary traffic lights there for roadworks in both directions at Purton Road, so that could hold you up later on. And looking at the speed sensors in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road, it's all moving fine around the Black Cat Roundabout, but there are the roadworks, so expect delays later on. 
The Met Office have issued a weather warning and it's looking uh, really wet on the roads on the cameras, so take care for surface spray on the roads. And no delays have been reported so far on these uh, train departure boards. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Happy second anniversary, Sammy. <laughs> Thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> 6.17. Complete the sentence on this day in history, dot, dot, dot. 81333, start your text 3CR, please. It's uh, Thursday, the 15th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. A national newspaper is facing a barrage of criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. And routine surgery has been reinstated at Bedford Hospital following an unprecedented demand for emergency care. BBC Three Counties Radio. Original British drama on BBC One. Lenata's house, midwife speaking. A new year brings new beginnings. Hello, I'm the new midwife. There is no one here to entertain you. They are all abroad. Abroad? With new achievements. Bravo, old thing. I really do believe that was a first. Baby, I'm your... And new challenges. If you do not consult a doctor, who is to say where it will end? The new series of Call the Midwife starts Sunday night at 8 on BBC One and BBC One HD.
Now that is a song, and that's not even Rocker Charleston by Martin Slavin and his gang. That's coming up after half past. Dealey, hit me with some facts. Oh, Frank Wilson, uh, what a record that is. You have vibed me up this morning, oh, boss. Oh, man. Well, it's Catherine that chose that one, oh, didn't you, Kath? Ca- Catherine pulled that one off. Unbelievable. Well done, Kath. Um, Frank Wilson was a Motown songwriter, and he recorded that track, and about two weeks later, he said, I'm not happy with it. I want every single hey. one of those vinyl records destroyed. Man. Only two of them survived. Yeah. One of them, we don't know where that is. The other one sold for about £35,000 two years ago. Gulp? Yes. Flipping heck. I thought my <laughs> uh, record collecting was bad. No, I believe that is the most expensive record in history and I know because I spoke to the man who sold it. He was very, very happy. Justin, am I right in thinking it's also like one of the earliest examples of proper Northern Soul? Yeah, absolutely. That is, if you, if you speak to any Northern Soul fan and you said, name me your top three Northern Soul anthems, that one, I guarantee you, would be right up there. Now, Dealey, as you know, tomorrow is Vinyl Friday. Yes. Um, and I... I Ages ago, I bought a big box of singles. There's about, uh, I don't know, 100 singles in there. And mm. I picked out a dozen that I thought were decent. And the rest I was going to chuck. Then yesterday, I thought, do you know what? I'm not going to chuck. I'm going to play through them yeah. to see if there are any hidden treasures. Oh, I found, a, I found a beauty, mate. What have you got? Rocker Charleston by Martin Slavin and his gang. It is, fl- honestly, it uh, is... Br- as I was sat in bed. I had, I had five singles at a time stacked up on my dance set. Yeah. I was expecting nothing from this. Five? You're risking it. I know, five is five, five is fine. Uh, but I thought, I, I was going to chuck this and not even put it on. And then it came on, it was like, oh my. It's like hearing the Beatles for the first yeah, time. After yeah. half past, we're going to play some of that. Before we go on to the story of Dunstable, yeah. very sad um, irony yesterday. A week ago, we were celebrating the magic of Dave D, Dozy, Beaky, Mick and Titch. And then yesterday, I was hanging mm. around in the office a bit later than usual. Yeah. And you broke some very sad news to me. Yes, uh, one of the members has sadly passed away. Um, I received uh, a message from somebody who works at the radio station saying, I don't know whether you've heard about this. I know you were talking about it last week. Uh, but uh, one of the members passed away, that member being Trevor Ward-Davies. So, uh, sadly, he's gone. A.K.A. Uh, Dozy. Yeah, a bit weird. We were talking about it last week, and um, he may have even died on the day we were talking about the group, which we is are, very, very strange. We are playing with some very... Very, very dark voodoo, if that's mm. the case. Very, very sad. Yeah. Um, and um, as someone tweeted, and I can't find the gentleman who tweeted it, uh, Beaky must be bricking it, because um, they're dying off in order. True. Very, very sad indeed. Also, a little update. Who is it, Catherine, who sang Hey Fatty Boom Boom? It was Carl Malcolm. The unofficial... Th- we've got many unofficial theme tunes to the show. We are trying to track down... Carl Malcolm, amazing, amazing, very, very limited presence on the internet. Yeah, but we're going to try and track him down. If anybody out there knows where uh, Carl Malcolm may be, the gentleman, of course, responsible for this light reggae skank, last seen in Jamaica, we believe. Yes, oh, in Jamaica. Yeah, well. We've got contacts. We got contacts. I'm going to the Caribbean in a couple of weeks' oh. time. Do you want me to uh, Could you drop search off? for him? Oh, yeah. Dealey, Dealey, Dealey. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm hearing a wonderful package. <laughs> Dealey's Hunt. But what's his... What, what's his Carl Malcolm. Carl Malcolm. I keep thinking of Carl Matthews. Have you seen different. Carl Malcolm? Oi, sir, put down your sun cream. Have you seen Carl Malcolm? What Dealey. does he do? Hey, fatty bum Can you take it to the beaches for us? I'll take it to the beaches. Listen, That's a great one. I know Jamaicans. <laughs> They'll all say they know him. <laughs> oh, this could uh, be... We could be onto something very, very special. Uh, if you 
you can help us with that, 08459 555. But mm. yesterday, um, we mentioned very briefly a story that was in the Daily Mail online. It was, um, uh, uh, it was saying that Dunstable uh, was uh, one of the worst examples of Britain's ghost towns. And we kind of read it out and we looked at some of the pictures. Well... Turns out the story may not have been completely accurate. Campaigners battling to save Dunstable High Street have slammed the online report as out of date and inaccurate. Apparently, Justin, they've even quoted a dead person. Oh, we're going to get to those facts in a it's second. It's an incredible it's story. What did, just go back a bit. What did yeah. the Daily Mail article say about Dun- uh, Dunstable? Well, they say with rusty shutters down, endless two and for sale. Rusty sold- shutters? I think yeah. I've got some of his records yeah. somewhere. <laughs> uh, shops in Dunstable, they present a depressing picture of how many of Britain's once bustling high streets have fallen, unfortunately, and they've failed to recover from the recession. Now, the Bedfordshire market town, as we know, and we've said many times on the show before, it was once a thriving retail centre, uh, which boasted scores of shopping chains and independent stores as well. But a series of pictures taken by a local photographer this week, they show just how bad it's got, really, with 40 retail premises on the town's high street now lying empty. Gosh, but it turns out that, that some of the pictures aren't from Dunstable, yeah. and some of the pictures that are from Dunstable are actually really, really old. This is where it gets really, really <laughs> this interesting. This is such a good story. And, and, I love and this. W- and we were looking into this yesterday, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing. Let me say this slowly. Central Bedfordshire Council, they told us that at least one of these images from the Daily Mail is from House and Regis. It's not even from Dunstable. <laughs> Incredible. Oh. The local campaign group, Long Live Dunstable, Don't Let Dunstable Die. Well, they say that they were never approached for a comment by the Daily Mail, but they were mentioned in the article. Great work, guys. And uh, here's the best one. Uh, Diane Norman. Yes. She is quoted in the newspaper saying that we can't let a town like Dunstable die. Powerful words. Powerful words, even though she's not here anymore. She passed away some time ago. Powerful so words from a dead lady. Incredible. A topical quote, quite clearly. Um, the long-lived Dunstable group couldn't believe their eyes when they saw that comment from Diane Norman, so they complained, and those comments have since been removed. So, uh, yes, they may have something to say about Dunstable, but clearly um, they've got the wrong images and a person who's sadly died. What have uh, the people on the street been saying, Justin? Well, we sent Matthew Lockwood. Oh, to, yeah, I'm I know. I'm sorry about this. Um, I wasn't available. Matthew Lockwood went to Dunstable yesterday asking for people's views on the town. Nothing happening here. Look at the place. No shops, nothing for you to do. Anytime you need something, you got to go up to Lutin, Milton Keynes. So, you know, we need some more investment. Hopefully the next government can sort it out. Oh, definitely, I think it's died. It died a long time ago when they got rid of the Queensway. That used to bring people into the town who also then brought money into the town. As far as I'm concerned, Dunstable is dead. We've come up from Luton just to see what there was about. And also they've destroyed a historic town. I don't think Dunstable's dead. There needs to be more focus on individual businesses. We've got Eleanor's Cross, which is absolutely superb. But she's got furious. A little craft shop. Guys, guys, guys. Catherine? Eula. Catherine? Like that? Little uh, Eleanor's Cross. I bet she's furious. You know who Eleanor was? 
Queen Eleanor, and she was being transported across the country, and all the Eleanor's crosses across the country mark where she stopped. Anyone else feeling like they're being told off, Justin, or is it just me? No, no, it's not just you. thought it was quite a nice little gag. Turns out I was being um, disrespectful for a dead queen. A dead queen, yeah, yeah, we sort it. No one's one's that bothered about. Mm -hmm. Wowzers. What are you doing this morning, Just? Uh, Right, this is quite important, guys. I'm coming up to Flittick in Stuart B. I'm looking for Norman. Uh, Norman was last seen on Friday. He is a golden eagle. He is on the loose out there. His owner says, don't worry, he won't attack cats and eat them unless he's... (laughs) I wasn't worried until I heard that. Unless he's hungry. So we're on the lookout this morning for Norman, the golden eagle. We have a picture of him. Uh, Hang on a minute, Justin. I'm guessing, what, has he got um, wings and is a bit brown? Well, I've got to be honest with you, the, the pose in this photograph, he looks a bit arrogant. He looks a bit different to other eagles that I've seen, hence the fact he's flown away. I've got sound effects as well. I'm coming up to Flitwick. If you've seen this eagle, yeah. look out for me in the radio car. I'm not playing games this morning. This I'm coming stuff. to find this fella, and I will hopefully be returning him to his owner by close of play. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is flooded between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Five Ways Corner. It means that there's one lane closed there between Junction 4 and the London Gateway services. In Beaconsfield on the A355 Amersham Road, looking at the speed sensors, it's moving fine through the roadworks and temporary traffic lights at Bartrell's Lane, but that could cause some delays later on. And in Hitchin, there are the roadworks on Upper Tilehouse Street, as there's some temporary traffic lights in both directions at Purton Road. So that could cause you some delays. It's looking very wet and miserable looking at the cameras on the motorways, so uh, do take care for a reduced visibility with surface spray. On the trains, no reports of any problems on the departure boards, but the underground has the Piccadilly line suspended uh, suspended between Acton Town and Rainers Lane because of a signal failure. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Doctors are said to be very angry that the money will not be reinvested in patient care. A national newspaper is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. The Daily Mail singled out the town in an online article highlighting the number of empty shops. And routine surgery has been reinstated at Bedford Hospital following an unprecedented demand for emergency care. An increase in admissions involving elderly patients meant all beds were taken last week. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham and Southampton are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after replay wins last night. Spurs came from 2-0 down to beat Burnley 4-2 at White Hart Lane, while Southampton won 1-0 at Ipswich. Here's Tottenham manager Maurizio Pochettino. I am happy. I am happy because after 2-0 down, the team showed that character and this is important. And in round four, Tottenham will be at home to Leicester with Southampton hosting Crystal Palace. Also last night, Bradford beat Millwall 4-0 to earn a trip to Chelsea. Benicophobia has described his lone spell at Milton Keynes Dons as a turning point in his career. Afobi has completed a permanent move from Arsenal to Wolves after 19 goals for the Dons this season. Luton are hoping to extend the loan of fullback Michael Harriman until the end of the season. Meanwhile, the Luton Town manager will be given the freedom of the borough later today. John Still's been recognised for getting the Hatters back into the Football League. More from Lee Agnew. 
The Hatters were promoted at the end of last season after five difficult years in the conference. The council says the club's record-breaking year had raised the town's morale. Labour politician Lord Mackenzie of Luton, who led the borough council until 2003, will also receive the honour, along with former Conservative leader Viv Dunnington, who was first elected in 1967. And London Marathon race director Hugh Bracia says they're thrilled that Paula Radcliffe has chosen this year's race for her final marathon. The Bedford athlete, now 41, has won the race three times, but hasn't competed for nine years. She will bring the curtain down on her marathon career on April the 26th. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. So, Boyley joins me in the studio for a look at the papers. Before that, I want to play this song, if I may. Uh, It's Vinyl Friday tomorrow, where all the music comes from from records. And I was kind of sorting through my collection yesterday to try and find something. Wouldn't it be great if we could introduce some rarer, obscure tracks? And I came across this on Oriole Records. It is um, it's 1960, Rocker Charleston by Martin Slaven and his gang. It will, Kelly, honestly, this is the kind of stuff, you should play this on BBC Introducing, um, because this is the kind is of stuff. Is it unsigned? Well. It's a bit late, it's from, from the 1960s. Ha- are they from uh, Hertfordshire? I'm just saying, well, Beds? I'm just saying, Bucks? no, mm. but this this could really give the kids, because all the songs, I mean, BBC Introducing is a great show, and it really brings a lot of great talent to the vert, but they're also miserable. Whereas they're not. This, now they're all miserable. You, that just means you haven't listened. I don't listen. No, that's right, because they're so miserable. <laughs> but this, this is just joyous. This is what the kids should be doing. amazing is that's that's nearly three years before the first Beatles single. Isn't that incredible? Mm-hmm. They kind of made their they made that their own, didn't they, Kells? Yeah. Yeah? 
Are they still alive? I think they're probably dead. Mm. They were doing the oh. Rock of Charleston just way too much. Wait, hang on a minute. Oh, oh don't do that. Sorry. I know it doesn't ruin it, but still. Ruins your mind. Vinyl Friday tomorrow, an open door policy tomorrow as well. Between half past seven and eight o'clock, you turn up at the studio. Um, uh, where are we? Marshall Street. Hastings Street. Hastings Street in Bedford. Luton. Lute- Hastings Street in Luton. Uh, between uh, half seven and eight, you turn up and you come and sit in the studio Just with us. Just come for a chat. That's come, all you need That's to all do. you've got to do. What have you got in the papers for us? Apart what? from a homeless man who... Um, <laughs> takes uh, card payments. He takes card payments. He's got a credit card machine. You can swipe. Listen, at that point, you're going to either think, fair enough, that is really cheeky, I'll give him a fiver, or tell him to jog on, aren't you? There's a weird thing in the sun, OK? Remember towards the end of last year, they were attacking um, rich people? Toffs. Toffs. Well, they've gone back to attacking the poor, and in page 12... And if and you're th- fat, so much the better for them. 12 and 13 uh, uh, of the sun today, it's the wealthies, where they are handing out awards to um, Britain's greatest benefit for But frauds. how do they phrase that? Which page? 12 and 13. And it's a really odd thing to... Because, yeah, there are a few scroungers. There aren't as many as the sun would have us think. Recognising the country's scroungers and dossers. <laughs> I know what. Let's all hate poor people, shall we? Celeb Big Benefits Award winner, White D. Hang on a minute. She's not on benefits anymore, is she? No, that she's, spoils it for them. No, she's, she's got a job as a, in inverted commas, celebrity. It's, it's horrible. I think it's a really horrible story. It's mean. It's mean, isn't it? Anyway, what have you got, Catherine? Uh, well, apart from that fella, yep. Miley Cyrus is taking yet more pictures. Hey. Now, this is a kid who is clearly jumping up and down saying, look at me, look at me, look at me, Daddy, do you love me? All this kind of yeah. stuff. This kid can't go any further unless she starts giving us internal examination footage or an X-ray. To be honest, Miley... <sighs> Getting a bit tired of those uh, tired old puppies. And they are really are tired, aren't they? I mean, it's it's a thoroughly unpleasant image. I mean, but just put them away, please, you silly sausage. Uh, uh, La- is, right? Yeah. She's quite a good singer. I don't really know her. Yeah. I, is, she, is she Hannah Montana? She was, yeah. Flippin' heck. She's trying to show that she's not anymore. Go back to being Hannah Montana. Uh, at last, someone... Uh, there is a genius on the loose. An inventor spreads a little happiness on toast. Uh, on a, toast? Yes. A new invention has put paid to the age-old problem of being unable to spread cold butter on bed or t- bread or toast. The heated butter dish ensures butter is kept at the optimum consistency and ready to use at all times. You don't need it because you, you don't put butter in the fridge. Well, I do. Well, you shouldn't. Well, I do. Well, you shouldn't. But I do. You then. shouldn't put eggs in the fridge either. I haven't got room on my work surfaces to not put them in the fridge. Uh, you put butter in a butter dish and you leave it out. You're not supposed to put tomatoes in a fridge. No. Nope. I made my first ever omelette last night. I thought you looked different. Yeah. I've got a cockiness about me because I know how to do it. I got the recipe from the CBB's website. Ah. Which brings us to uh, something we need to talk to Justin about at some point. Oh, yeah, what? Stuff you've learnt off the internet. Oh, now, what is this about? There's a rumour going around that Justin's... um, Well, he said it to Kelly. Let's get Kelly to report. Kelly, what happened? Hello. Justin, tutorials. Talk us through it. This is what happened. Yeah, give us the This is how the vibe went down. Yeah. I said, Dealey, you look like Gail Platt. Yeah. And Which is a compliment for yeah. Dealey because he has yeah. a really soft spot for her. He, yeah. Really soft. It's not always soft. And he said, um, what do you mean? I've been doing quiff tutorials. I said, what? What? So he goes on the internet, types in quiff tutorials, and he look, watches how people do quiffs, and then he does them. Now, I was laughing uproariously at, at this, and then last night I was considering, and I will do it later on today, going on for beard maintenance tutorials. I've learnt a lot from the internet. What? Makeup tips. 
Oh, you don't you don't watch the makeup tips. I do you watch the makeup tips? How do girls learn makeup? Do their mums teach them, or well, is it trial and error? If you walk down the street, some mums aren't doing their juice. Because some, I mean, some of that makeup is flipping yeah. awful. It's like Coco the Clown. Yeah, exactly. My mum did teach me, um, but you can always brush up on some different. Here's techniques. the thing, right? And I'll get lambasted for saying this. They should teach makeup to girls in school. I think they should. You should have a makeup module. People go, oh, sexualising children. They, no. they kind of do, right? Because at my school, you weren't allowed to wear makeup. So what we learned was how to put makeup on without anyone noticing, which right. is essentially what makeup's for. But you should have a, a lesson. You should have a, a, a teacher um, that, that you have a module for the girls and maybe some of the boys. Yeah. Where you go in and you learn how to put blusher and foundation and uh, lippy on as without looking like a tramp. As long as long as she's not got one of those stamped on faces I see a lot when I go back up north, yeah, for example. Yeah. They've all got the same eyebrow stencils. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, it's like they've been stamped. So none of that, thank you. We just want you to look nice and natural. And actually, half the girls that have got those stamped on faces, not literally stamped on, I mean, you know, like a rubber stamp, yeah. um, would be much better if they had none on. They're the best they're going to be because they're about 18, 19. You'd oh, eight, probably four, five, gorgeous nine. under all that. Four double five, five double five. There are so many things firing out here. What have you learnt from the internet and who taught you to put makeup on? And wouldn't it be good if teachers taught makeup in schools? So I've learnt makeup yeah. uh, online, um, origami. Oh, right. Face painting. Hey. Um, I've learnt the uke. Learned the yeah, ukulele online. online. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's low, if anything you can imagine, there's a 12 year old online who can show you how to do it. They're all kids, aren't they? Yeah. All um, weird Americans with ponytails. I learnt the baseline to um, uh, go your own way by Fleetwood Mac. I had to mime it there to work out where it was. I learnt the baseline from, uh, for that online from an American with a ponytail. 08459 four double five five double five.
venues for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The bad weather is causing a lot of problems on the roads this morning. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane close on the exit slip road at the junction 16 for the M40, affecting people uh, travelling down past Maple Cross, leaving the M25 to join the M40 towards Oxford. That's because it's flooded. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane close between junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for the Five Ways Corner because of flooding. And in Watford, the A41 northbound is closed between the M1 junction 5 for Watford and the Dome roundabout at St Albans Road. On the A1 northbound, there's just one lane open between Boreham Wood and the M25 Junction 23 for the A1M. That's starting to get very busy as a result of that. But on the London Underground, the Piccadilly line only has minor delays now between Rainers Lane and Acton Town. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 6.46, it's uh, Thursday. Is it Thursday? Are we Thursday? Yeah, it's Thursday all day, yeah. Where's the week gone? Thursday the 15th of January, I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. A national newspaper, the Daily Mail, is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. A routine surgery has been reinstated at Bedford Hospital following an unprecedented demand for emergency care. Coming up, we'll speak to Dealey. Before that, let's get the weather with Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning. Well, the wind's eased for a spell, but they'll be picking up again mid-morning. And then we're left with a day of sunshine and blustery showers. Some of those showers could be a touch on the wintry side. We may have some thunder as well, uh, with temperatures reaching about 9 degrees Celsius. Now, tonight, the winds start to ease in the early hours of the morning. We've got a few isolated showers, but also some clear spells with lows between 2 and 4 degrees. And then tomorrow, um, well, a fairly cloudy start to the day, but it does clear through the morning. We've got a few showers around, but not too bad a day with lots of sunny spells particularly in the afternoon and highs of about seven degrees so a bit more chilly than it has been so a colder more frosty night on friday Saturday is looking cloudy with some showers um, and some of those could be a little bit sleety as well. A frosty Saturday night and then Sunday still a lot of that low cloud around but clearing later on and then a quieter Monday. That's your latest forecast. Every weekday from three. Let's talk about your story. They're little globules of chocolate. What is that sticking out of that? That's the abdomen of the ant. Roberto Peroni. Film critic Richard Fitzwilliams. Welcome to the programme. Richard, will you be watching Rambo 5? They are unsubtle, they are silly, and they do not appeal. Overweight people are being ignored, humiliated and insulted on a regular basis. When you're in the supermarkets, people watching what you're picking up and passing comments. Can I ask you... It. What does it cost to have a cycle of IVF when you decide, well, look, I have to have children? It all totaled uh, to nearly £25,000. When you're in such a low and desperate place, you'll do anything. Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. We are asking for your On This Day in History because it's a lame radio thing to do. It can be personal to you or it can be a lie. Uh, On this day in history, Scott says it's always been the 15th of January. Thank you, Scott. On this day in history, Lulu was savaged by angry penguins at London Zoo. Oh, dear. I remember that. Yep. And on this day in history, I actually had some money in my bank account, says Alan. Thank you for that. 08459 455 555. Or you can text 81333. Start your text. 3CR! 
tiny little bit in the corner of page 28 of the current bond this morning, battered for a belt. This gets a bigger coverage elsewhere and I can't find it. Go on, this is a great story. An angry commuter attacked a teenage lad for burping on a train yep. platform, the yep. court heard. Surveyor Peter Briggs, 35, told the 14-year-old, that's disgusting, then banged his head on a post for laughing at him. Briggs of Altrincham, Cheshire, admitted to the assault in Clandudno, Conway. Uh, local magistrates ordered him to do 100 hours unpaid work and pay £200 compensation and £145 cost. He fled the scene because he was embarrassed, was his defence. No, it's because you whacked a kid and he cracked... He got a one-inch cut in his back of his head. <gasps> it was nasty. But fair play, those kids belching. I mean, Disgusting. Shoelaces that tie themselves. Oh. And to recharge them, you walk in them. This is flipping brilliant. Is this the future? Yeah, yeah, it's happening now. now. Mm. Uh, Self-tying shoelaces could become a reality this year. Engineers have designed a shoe that can automatically lace up, adjusting itself to the shape of your foot. I saw that in Back to the Future. Yeah. Slip the trainer on and pressure sensors will tell the smart shoe when your foot is in position, triggering a tiny motor in the heel that pulls the laces tight. Ooh. Oh, here we go. This is what makes it good, and they've got it wrong. It should be three times. But when you want to take off the shoes, you click your heels twice. Yes! And the, sh- the motor will release a spring in the shoe's tongue, which loosens the laces, and uh, enough for you to slip them off. I want red sequin ones, oh, just for the full flipping. effect. Isn't this great? We're living in the future. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Before we do the BBC introducing, I have to. Um, there's this incredible story in the newspapers. Where is it? Uh, can I have the other mail? Have you got the other mail? I yeah. need the other mail because it's. I've, uh, there's a, this story of this teacher who um, had it away. Oh with, yes, with a pupil. Oh no, it's not. I've not marked. Anyway. He had it uh, uh, away with a pupil, 44, and he had sex with a 16-year-old pupil, took her virginity. He's an RE teacher, just for an extra bit of detail for um, Oh, I need the... I've got it in, in the, the Express. Ex- yeah, I've got it in the Express. Hang on a second, because I highlighted what the judge said. Oh, yeah, because... There that, it is. That was crazy. So, he's an RE teacher, he's 44, he's married, he had sex with a 16-year-old schoolgirl, OK? Um, the judge, who's a woman, which I think is important, says... Um, her friends described her accurately, in my view, this is the 16-year-old girl, as stalking you. If grooming is the right word to use, it was she who groomed you, the 44-year-old teacher, and you gave in to temptation. Uh, what? But they, she also goes on to describe her as being someone who is damaged. Vulnerable, needy, with a troubled home life. Okay, so that's the sort of person your teacher should recognise as such and protect. And also, with the greatest of respect, you're a 44-year-old man, she's a 16-year-old girl, there are uh, positions of authority, you're a teacher, she's a pupil. You, you, you know how to say no and not unzip your fly. Also, the school uniform kind of gives it away, doesn't it? They had it away, uh, he brought, in February 2012, he brought a blanket to school oh. where the pair had sex on the yoga mat in the storeroom. Romantic. Eight months later, he took her home. Um, they had sex three times. The rest of the day, they spent talking and cuddling. She, uh, uh, oh. uh, the judge said uh, they did not treat her as a reliable witness. The judge said she had no compunction in telling lies. She pursued you. Her friend said she was stalking you. She hung, hung around where she would be near you. She had been obsessed with you for a long time. Doesn't it, isn't there some talk about her not having a father figure or something? Something like that. I don't, isn't I th- that a shame? 
And when you, you're right, it is important that the judge is a woman because when I first heard about that ruling, I thought, really? That's such a 1970s uh, male attitude. Uh, but actually, it seems that we're letting the side down too. 08459 555. We'll speak to Dealey in a second. Before that, Kelly Betts, what have we got? What's the BBC introducing track, please? Hello. So introducing is a show every Saturday evening from 8 and 9 and it dedicates it's dedicated to the unsigned and upcoming music from the three counties, just so you know. Thank you very it's much. It's good, you should listen. If not, it's on iPlayer. Anyway, this week we've picked a song uh, from an introducing act. She's called Emma McGrath. She's 15 years old. Oh. And this is her song called Never Walk Away. Like I'm the last thing on your mind Yeah, you make me think That you're not really worth my time But I can't fight this feeling inside Which keeps me next to you Yeah You know I'll never walk away You know I'll never walk away Yeah, you only say Those things Cause you know I'll never walk away You know I'll never walk away You make me feel a little Worthless sometimes Yeah, you Make me think why I should leave all this behind And I can't fight this feeling inside Which keeps me next to you Away. You can hear more 
from Unsigned Local Acts, BBC Introducing, uh, on Saturdays, 8 o'clock. It's, it's all put together and produced by our Kelly Betts. Hello. <laughs> Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. That's nice when it deals. It's very very nice. She's indeed. got a nice voice, isn't she? Very nice. Not Kelly, of course. I'm no. talking about Emma. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes. Enjoyable track. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoyable track. turntable hit. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. One of those. Yeah. Justin, where are you this morning? What's going on? Okay, boss. This is a big deal this morning. Yeah. I am currently live in Flitwick, and I'm looking for Norman. Norman is a golden eagle. Yeah. He went missing last week. I've seen the photographs. He looks arrogant. He's out there somewhere. Wow. And you, you're out there with a gun, are you? No, I'm not. No, no not with a gun. No. But uh, I've got some uh, bird food with me, and uh, okay. we're going to take it to the streets. Uh, his owner says, "Don't worry, he's perfectly safe. He yep. won't be eating any cats unless he's hungry." Yay. I would pay top dollar to see a, a picture of a baby being hoiked out of a pram by that eagle. <laughs> Wouldn't you, Catherine? Um, no? Well, as long as it was on the end of some sort of safety cord, we could oh, it back. As long as the baby came back safely, of course, of course, of course. Yes, a baby bungee. You just want to go viral again, don't you? <laughs> oh! Uh, so, Justin, where are you going to be if people want to come down and um, beat their horns and stick their fingers up? Uh, uh, come and give you a, uh, tell you where they've seen the eagle. Well, at the moment, um, th- there's not much in Flitwick oh. apart from Tesco, so I'm around Tesco at the moment. Okay. If you've seen this eagle, if you've heard this eagle, um, there have been a few reports. Come and see me. I'm not messing about today. No. I want to find Norman and return him to his owner, who's contacted us. He's very, very concerned. OK. Um, and let's assume no-one's going to come up to you having seen a golden eagle. Um, well, let's do something else as well, shall we, while you're out there? Uh, well, I don't know. You see, f- funny things have happened. Like what? Other bits and pieces that have turned up in the past, you know? <laughs> the Vegas sentence. <laughs> what, what else can we get him to do? You can ask him about... You can ask people about that on, oh, on air debate. Right, yeah. The, listen, mm. the, the, uh, the big uh, thing is David Cameron, a chicken, because he won't do this uh, uh, on tele- uh, this televised debate. The yep. whole of Prime Minister's question time yesterday was about this debate instead of, oh, I don't know, the NHS or terrorism. Yep. I don't know if anybody's bothered about watching the political leaders stand behind podiums and answer preset questions. Yeah, I, I, yeah I'll take it to the streets. I think um, the last time we spoke about this, most people yep. weren't bothered because um, they, of course, uh, they're going to vote for the party they want to vote for. Somebody standing behind the podium answering questions for them, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. Dealey, take it to the street. We will find out if anybody is actually bothered. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, the bad weather has caused some flooding at Junction 16 for the M40, so there's a lane closed on the exit slip road there. And the M1 southbound is a lane closed because of flooding between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Fiveways Corner. In Watford on the A41 northbound, that is flooded, so it's completely closed between Junction 5 for the M1 at Watford and St Albans Road at the Dome roundabout. The A1 northbound just has one lane open between Boreham Wood and the M25 Junction 23 for the A1M. That's starting to look very busy. And on the trains, there are possible delays on London Midland services between London Euston and Tring. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy! So is anybody bothered about watching the political leaders have a fight? They seem to think it's the most important thing in the world. I'll be honest, it sounds all rather, well, dull, doesn't it? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.
It's seven o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire doctors angry at deficit plans, teenagers fail to reduce Bedford murder sentences and newspaper criticised for calling Dunstable a ghost town. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Doctors are said to be very angry that the money will not be reinvested in patient care. More from Tony Fisher. Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group says it needs to use the £460,000 to help achieve financial recovery. The money's been saved by GP practices by changing the way they prescribe drugs for extra patient care. The CCG says it cannot defend spending it at a time when it can't afford all of its direct patient services. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather during a raid on his home have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. Hamadir Rahman and Mohammed Rashid were found guilty along with the third teenager of stabbing pensioner Sharif Demirse to death at his bungalow in Kempston in 2013. A national newspaper is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. The Daily Mail singled out the town in an online article highlighting the number of empty shops but the paper has been criticised after one of the pictures featured was of Houghton Regis and there were quotes from a woman who passed away some time ago. Mixed views though from these people in Dunstable. Nothing happening here. Look at the place. No shops, nothing for you to do. Anytime you need something, you got to go up to Lilton, Milton Keynes. I don't think Dunstable's dead. There needs to be more focus on individual businesses. We've got Eleanor's Cross, which is absolutely superb. Oh, definitely, I think it's died. It died a long time ago when they got rid of the Queensway. Routine surgery has been reinstated at Bedford Hospital following an unprecedented demand for emergency care. An increase in admissions involving elderly patients meant all beds were taken last week. The hospital promised the situation would improve and all routine surgery has been reinstated. Buckinghamshire MP and former Attorney General Dominic Grieve has joined the row on TV debates ahead of the general election. David Cameron says he won't take part unless the Green Party is included. Mr Grieve, the MP for Beaconsfield, says the debates should be open to all national parties with a hope of winning a seat. These are not presidential elections. They are political party elections and it seems to me to be right that if we are moving uh, towards a, a situation where we have a large number of parties that have the possibility of winning seats and are campaigning on a national basis, they should be represented. I must say, I do fail to understand why the Greens have not been included in this. The motorway service station operator Welcome Break, based at the Newport Pagnell services on the M1, is among nearly 40 firms that have been named and shamed by the government for failing to pay some of their workers the minimum wage. They'll now face fines. The minimum wage for adults over 20 stands at £6.50 an hour. In sport, Tottenham and Southampton are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after replay wins last night. Spurs came from 2-0 down to beat Burnley 4-2 at White Hart Lane while Southampton won 1-0 at Ipswich. The weather, rain clearing to leave a generally dry day. Still windy though. Maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you Simon. Morning Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Doctors having their money half inched. Dunstable's a dump, or is it? On this day in history, I feel like I have to stress we're not doing it seriously, unlike lots of other lazy radio shows. And is anyone actually that bothered about 
the potential leaders' debate on television. The whole of PMQs yesterday was about that. Was people arguing about their television appearances. Blimey. What about, I don't know, running the country, guys? Guys, anyone? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties. Do we, um... Sorry to interrupt. Your mother's meeting. No, she just said something to me, but I had my headphones on. I didn't hear her. No. I did a little rhyme. Oh. Oh, was it good? Yeah, it was excellent. Was it rude? Probably. Uh, Have we got any texts? Yes. What we got? Hang on. 81333. Start your text 3CR if you wish to contribute in that uh, rather lazy way. It was one from Taxi Tony. Hello, Taxi Tony. Um, And it said... Sorry, I had to change my password, so it's locked me out. Uh, saying, oh. on this day in what history... Did you, what did you change it to? I'm not telling you. OK. Secret. Secret password. It's not that. It's not secret password. Secret password 69. <laughs> on this day in history, this day last year, it was raining heavily and my bedroom window started leaking, said Taxi Tony. True we, fact. We've got some other uh, on this days in histories on the Twitter. Uh, on this day in history, uh, Reservoir Dogs was released. On this day in history, says Scott, the church decreed that the letters M and M be officially recognised as independent letters after years of civil alphabet war. So a lot has happened. We've moved on. Uh, On this day in history, in 2001, Wikipedia went online. It's on Wikipedia, so probably not true in that case. (laughs) Wikipedia, the home, of course, of the made-up fact. Now, doctors in Bedfordshire are furious. They've saved thousands of pounds, but... Their practices won't see any of the benefit. Instead, the money is being poured into a £30 million deficit at the Clinical Commissioning Group, the organisation which runs the county's health services. Well, Dr Hubertus von Blumenthal runs a practice in Bedfordshire. Good morning, Hubertus. Good morning to you. So tell me what's going on. How much money has been saved and why are you not getting it? Well, in the years between 2012 and 13 and 2013 and 14, uh, about £460,000 has been saved by GPs in Bedfordshire's CCG. Um, that's been saved because um, GPs have been working very hard to try really to work um, the most up-to-date evidence. Um, they've been incentivized to do that, have done put extra work in. And for that, once they achieved certain targets, the practices were then rewarded with um, that amount of money to be spent on directed patient services. So we're not talking about income here. We are talking about money, your money, your listeners' money. And... Um, yeah, and the other day we received a letter that, uh, sorry, you can't have it, um, we've got to um, be in financial balance and we'll, we'll quotation mark, donate it towards oh. that. Oh, is it one of those uh, donations where you have no choice in the matter? It looks it, yes. So when you got that letter, that must have been quite a shock, Hubertus. I was. Uh, I was, I was extremely shocked. Um, I was actually quite fuming. Um, and, uh, and and shaky, and I thought I, I, I must must be reading this wrong. I read it and reread it. Um, yes, but no, that's what it seems to say. And um, of course, um, we, we have um, been been working extremely hard on it. We achieved our target, and we are very proud of that. And we were looking forward to put this money towards patient care, um, arranged for some work to be carried out in this respect. Um, incurred some costs, and um, well, now we basically have to reach our pocket so to what, cover it. What is the CCG's argument then? If they agreed that you would get this money, and then they're, they're now saying it's being donated to them, how are they explaining that? Well, 
the explanation is with the CDG having inherited the financial responsibility to run the health service from the Secretary of State, who has abrogated that responsibility, they now have a statutory obligation to remain in financial balance. So basically, uh, the Secretary of State said, over to you, you're responsible. And um, the CCG, when it was um, uh, starting off, started with an inherited debt, a historic debt that resulted from the constant, chronic years and years and years of underfunding in Bedfordshire. Compare Bedfordshire to other counties, um, its per head, per capita in, um, um, investment is much lower than those of other counties. This is a well-known fact. And, and, and over the years, people have tried to improve that, but it's never went anywhere. So we started off with a massive debt of over 20 million. And um, uh, yes, we now suddenly are, are being told, um, sorry, you can't have it on patient care. What would you have spent the money on? Well, there are a, a lot of things that we wanted to do. Um, historically, we use, for example, stuff like like minor surgical instruments that we have to acquire to to provide our patients with the surgery at the street, as pun upon. Um, things like cryotherapy, and you've used liquid nitrogen yeah. to treat patients. Um, but also other things that are much more intangible. Um, think about your patient record that we, we, we keep on our mainframe. Um, we want to make it safe. We want to make sure that, that um, it doesn't crash, doesn't get lost when we have a power cut. And so we have to put stuff in place. Mm-hmm. And um, th- 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 these are more intangible things. So are patient records at risk at the moment? No, I wouldn't say they are no. at risk, obviously, but, but um, we, we, we have to be very proactive at it. Yeah, you have to um, keep maintaining the, the system. We have to keep, yes, yes, yeah. yeah. Hubertus, I really appreciate your time this morning. I think it's a fascinating story. That's Dr Hubertus von Blumenthal, who runs a practice in Bedfordshire. Uh, 08459 455555. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. There's lots in the paper this morning. There's, there's, there's a beggar on the front page of The Sun. Now, The Sun really is having a go at poor people at the moment. They've, they were focusing on toffs towards the end of, end of last year. Remember, um, who was the, the fellow with the glasses? It, it was, was a bit of a plum to a cabbie. Oh, Mella, David Mellor, and, and a couple of other toffs. Well, this year they seem to be focusing uh, on the, uh, the working class. But this front page is, is, is incredible. A homeless beggar commutes 220 miles from his rented flat to rake in the cash in London's Mayfair. Brazen Damien Preston Booth, 37, fleeces the mega-rich tourists and even celebs while claiming benefits. Ah, claiming benefits. He claims benefits! I can see what this is designed to do, OK? It's designed to make you hate people on benefits and it's designed to make you hate beggars because guess what? There are some legitimate beggars out there. There are some people, you see, sitting on the, uh, the, the, in the doorways and on the curb asking for money who really are desperate. But we see this fella and we go, aha, all beggars are dodgepots. All people on benefits are dodgepots. That's, that's what it's trying to um, get us to think. But this guy is a complete dodgepot. Uh, he's, got, um, he's got a credit card machine. He, he takes payments on a credit card. More fool people who hand over their cards. Because you would think... I, I don't, I don't uh, give money to beggars very often. I uh, buy them food or I'll have a little chat with them. Mm. I haven't bought food for ages, if I'm completely honest. But I expect they love the chat. I have a little chat, yeah. I always... I always whenever, whenever there is a beggar who asks for some money, I always make eye contact and say, not today, mate. Good luck. Because people just walk past them. Well, this guy's obviously got wise to the fact that most people say, sorry, got no change. 
He's well, got I can a, help you with that. He's got a credit card machine. Now, if, if at any point a beggar pulls out any form of electronic technology, I'm like, all right, mate, good luck. Ta-ta. A credit card machine? I don't know. I think that deserves a fiver for cheekiness. <laughs> he goes on holiday uh, to Ibiza, Monaco and Paris. How do they know this? Uh, they had a chat with him. They've had a little chat. Um, Brazen Damien Preston Booth last night admitted begging after taking a £5 payment from the sun on his chip and pin oh, card well, the, reader. There you go, so they got their picture. The ex-cleaner, 37, said the machine is for his regulars in London's Mayfair and is saving to buy a little flat. Preston Booth, who commutes from the north, has been pretending to be homeless for at least five years, yet he rents a £300 a month one-bed flat and takes five or six holidays a year. To add insult to injury, here comes the, the kick to the shins... He claims £100 a fortnight in employment and support allowance for depression. Ugh, those people that, that pretend they have depression, oh, I hate them. A former pal says Preston Booth warns other down-and-outs off his patch and has twice been sacked by the big issue for ad- aggressive selling. It's claimed he trousered £4,500 over the new year alone. How, well, hang on a second, who is his friend and where are the claims... Uh, how is that claims that he trousered that much money? I don't know. I mean, this fella, if, if we take this at face value, this fella is probably a dodgepot. Yes. Yeah, or he's uh, fed them a load of old um, BS yeah. when they had a chat with him. But it, this is designed to make you... Oh, thank you, Kay. I wonder this whether is he knew he was talking to journalists from the sun or he just thought, this bloke's asking a lot of questions, I'll give him some uh, answers. I'll give him some whatnot. It's designed to make you hate um, um, uh, beggars... And stop helping people who are needy. Yeah, and to hate benefits. And then the, the, the story continues, but in a slightly different way. If you go to page 12 and 13 uh, of The Sun, uh, the wealthies uh. recognising the country's scroungers and dossers. It's a, an award that they've got. It's, a, it's a, a clenched golden fist holding a £20 note. It says, 2015 grasping layabouts of the year. And then underneath, here's the telling thing, right? Yeah. Do you know someone who deserves a wealthy? Call us on uh, 020 7782 4188 or email features at the sun.co.uk. It's just, it's uh, people turning on people, neighbour turning on neighbour, brother turning on brother. It's just smacks of being thoroughly unpleasant. It, 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 isn't it nasty? One of these uh, winners. Uh, uh, Cheryl Prudham. Prudham. Three months after giving birth to twins, 32-year-old Cheryl announced her 12th child was on the way. And the taxpayer is funding the entire brood. That's not true. For both her and her 29-year-old husband, Robert, to the tune of £38,000 a year. Robert recently bought an 8,000 car for baby machine Cheryl. You need an expensive car with that many kids. And when you're a carer, as Cheryl is, and when you work, as he does. They both... Work. She's a carer professionally. I'm the not couple that. from Gravesend in Kent get around the new £26,000 a year benefits because both of them work 20 hours a week as carers. They work! These benefits are set up to encourage people to work. They work! Okay. It's just such. Uh, Celeb Big Benefits Award, winner White D. Since appearing on Channel 4 documentary Benefit Street, White D has become a celebrity. It's claimed the full-time 43-year-old mother of two from Birmingham could earn half a million this year from TV appearances. Last year, she earned £100,000 from her stint on Series 14 of Celebrity Big Brother. Well, or you could read it this way. Now she's got a job. Yeah, woman... She's not claiming benefits anymore. Woman uh, lands on her feet, stops claiming benefits and makes makes easy money. And arguably, woman used by Channel 4 to make name and shame type programme when she thought she was making something else and makes some money out of it. 
I, this, this tone from the sun makes me very, very uncomfortable, particularly with an election coming up as well. You know, targeting the poor. Yeah, there are some dodgepots here and some chances, but it just... It's, a, it's nasty, that's what it is. Do you remember when the sun was a champion of the poor? Yes, used to be a working-class paper. What I don't know what it is now. 08459 555555. Travel news for beds, hearts and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are two mile queues approaching Junction 26 Waltham Abbey because of a rolling roadblock with a uh, lorry that's on the hard shoulder. And also on the M25 anti-clockwise, it's looking very busy between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and 16 for the M40. That's not being helped uh, by the usual rush hour queues uh, by a lane that's been closed on the exit slip road at Junction 16 for the M40 northbound. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Fiveways Corner because it's flooded. And southbound on the M1, that's starting to look quite busy between Junction 11 for Dunstable Road and 9 for Redbourne. In Watford, the A41 northbound is closed between the M1 Junction 5 for Watford and the Dome Roundabout because it's flooded and there's just one lane open on the A1 northbound between Boreham Wood and the M25 Junction 23 for the A1M. On the trains London Midland have possible delays between uh, London Euston and Tring because of safety checks being made on the line. Samantha Brough, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 717. It's Thursday the 15th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather during a raid on his home have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. And the Daily Mail is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town and using out-of-date photos, photos of other areas... And a quote from a dead woman. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yesterday, local MP Gavin Shuker sat in my hot seat answering your questions. Actually, it's not always possible for people who don't live in as great a need to get access to the housing they want in the area they want. If you want to hear everything that happened... I would completely reject the racist views of Paul Weston and others who seek to try and stir up hatred in our community. Go to bbc.co.uk slash threecountiesradio where you can hear it all again. They're trying to attack UKIP and all the mainstream parties uh, to try and track some votes and some publicity to their far-right hate campaign. The JVS Show Hot Seat with Gavin Shuka online at bbc.co.uk slash threecountiesradio. Well, that's that mystery solved. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. The fact that we've had no calls on it makes me think that nobody is bothered in the slightest at the prospect of a leader's debate. The thing, I got a little bit um, uh, aroused at the last thought of the last leader's debate until I watched the first ten minutes of one and went, Oh, right, it's really boring and stilted and there's no life in it. There's no passion well, in it. until Nick Clegg came along. Yeah he, yeah, he made it a little bit sexy. It was interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. It was the, the plucky underdog. But it was, it, was all, it was all pre-planned. There was no... What you want is them having a proper Barney. Mm-hmm. You don't, I don't want rules. I don't want it to be following a set pattern. I want them to be able to have a Barney. You know, you've got 30 seconds left. I don't want that. I want so them to have a proper... So what do you prop- want? Gunk tanks and, um... The, it the should cube. be. What's that pirate programme on CBBS? Oh, uh, Swashbuckle. It should be like, for any parents out there of kids under the age of four will know, it should be like Swashbuckle. Or it should be, um... Or that programme ho- Nightmare from when we were kids. Nightmare. Or, or that game on Cracker Jack. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, where they... You, you suppose... Cracker Jack? 
Cracker Jack. Thank you. Where they held the cabbages. Didn't they win them? They, but they got to win anything that they kept hold of. Anyway, how are you bothered by the prospect of um, a, a leaders' debate? I would guess not. But if you listened to PMQs yesterday, that's all they spoke about. I mean, I think it's become a tool to beat each other with. That's all they spoke about. It's like, it's like get, let's get our watsits out and put them on the table. That's right. what they were doing. Would you? Are you interested? Would you watch it? And if not, how would they make it more interesting? How for you? would you make it sexy? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I mean, do we really need to drag Brand in? If it was hosted by Brand, oh, now you're talking. If it was hosted by Brand, I would definitely... You see Al Murray, pub landlord, is now standing as well. <laughs> he's standing in uh, Thanet up against um, Farage, isn't yeah, he? see what he's called his party. No, go on. F-U-Kip. I think that's how it's pronounced. Well, uh, that'll be interesting to watch, won't it? How, how close to... The, I know we have to be careful now. How close to the election do we have to be really careful? Well, when we start interviewing politicians okay. and we'll have to have everyone on. Oh, flipping so. heck. That'll be fun, won't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, the Daily Mail. The Daily Mail, when will you learn? The Daily Mail has been criticised for calling Dunstable a ghost town. Yesterday, we kind of mentioned it yesterday, uh, it singled out the town in an online piece highlighting the decline of Britain's high street. But locals say it gives a very selective view of Dunstable, and there may have been one or two discrepancies in the story. Let's speak to Sharon Knott from the campaign group Long Live Dunstable, Don't Let Dunstable Die. Morning, Sharon. Good morning. What did you think when you saw the piece yesterday? Um, disappointed, really. Tell me why. Shocked. Well, it doesn't give a complete view of the town. Yes, we have got um, close shots like every high street in town in the country. So disappointed, and I felt sorry for the people that live in Dunstable. They got, um, well, they got a fair bit wrong, didn't they, in the mail? Yes, they did. Um, it was online in the first piece that they had online. They took all the information off of our website um, without our permission and didn't actually speak to us. And also they had a quote from somebody that has since deceased. So we found that quite, you know, upsetting, really. So what stuff did they take from your website then, Sharon? All about um, what, what we're trying to do. So some of it was positive within yeah. the town, that we're a community group that likes to keep everybody, not only in Dunstable, but the surrounding area, informed of what's happening, events and, and things, new shops that are opening, which many new shops are opening. Yeah. And But they also took a quote from one of our followers um, who is since deceased. Gosh. So we, we just felt a little bit... Um, Annoyed and well, disappointed that they didn't actually call us. And is it true that um, at least one of the pictures wasn't even from Dunstable? Yes, I think it was. I, I, I started to look at them, and to be honest with you, I didn't look at them all because it's quite depressing. Yeah. Well, is Dunstable okay? We'll sell Dunstable to a Sharon. Hey, we're moving there in a couple of months, so we're good, you know we're all going to be neighbours, and exactly. we're looking forward to the move. We're, we're thoroughly excited by it. New studios, new town, new people to speak to. Uh, sell Dunstable to a Sharon. Well, uh, uh, Dunstable's a wonderful town, really. Many, many people, everybody that lives here is friendly. We have got new shops opening all the time. 
Um, we've got sort of a, a variety of shops that are opening. Uh, one of the new ones that um, is opening in Ashton Square, and that's going to offer a catering service to people. So something completely different. We've also had a, a new clothes shop in... Um, um, Eleanor's Cross that's opening, selling really nice young clothes for young ladies. So, and then there's Ruby Tuesdays that's opened a new unit in the Quadrant. Now, if Dunstable isn't moving, why are they opening up a, new, uh, a second unit? Now, Sharon, this is, listen, this is all very well and good, but we're moving there, and um, <laughs> where's the best place to get a fry-up? A fry-up? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, well, you're moving to... Um, the units, aren't you, yeah, down that's by... Right. Yeah, but near the theatre. Well, the, the new football bar next door to you do a great fry up do as they? well. OK. I yes. believe there's also a cafe called Cazzy Mix that we've been, that we've been um, kind of, has been mentioned yep. to us. Yeah, and there's a lovely cafe in Eleanor's Cross. Yeah. So there, there's plenty she's... of places to eat. Brilliant. So, you, you know, there's no worries there sorted. for you. Sharon, it's good <laughs> to talk to you. Thank you very much for coming on. Uh, that's uh, Sharon Knott from the campaign group Long Live Dunstable. Don't let Dunstable die! Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. It really is. We're going to miss prisoners. We're going to miss prizzies. It really is the most... You're not, are you, Kath? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I am, I am. I'm just hoping they may deliver. Well, I, it's not we, that far. it is the most important question is where the heck in Dunstable are we going to get a good greasy spoon? Well, I know Karen wants to get fit, so I'm thinking... Yeah. If she sets Karen out, Prizzy, she yeah, can, she, she sets about running. eight o'clock. She'll get the uh, bacon butter stood oh, by nine. If anyone knows a good place in, in Dunstable, then then do let us know. Cassie Mix is on top of my list. Yeah. I've never been there, but I've heard the good things from Justin. Or, uh, yeah, we just get healthy. <laughs> <laughs> we could run around the park. Kelly, <laughs> oh, oh, you've been smoking that wacky backy again, mate. Flipping heck, you are absolutely bonkers. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Got any texts? Yes. What you got? Uh, from someone who calls himself Sir Les. I'm not sure whether he's been knighted at any point. Morning, Sir Les. You never know. We get a lot of aristocracy. Listen to this show, because I'm dead posh. Double standards again, Ian Lee. It was you that was slating Dunstable the other day, moaning about empty shops. No, Sir Les, we were reading that article. I was reading the article, Sir Les, but, but thanks. Your apologies accepted. I'm sure that's going to be the next text. Martin in Limbury says, if the Daily Mail is using a quote from a dead woman, isn't that proof that Dunstable is a ghost town? Yeah! Excellent. Fair play. That's the kind of uh, listener I want contacting the show. We also want your On This Day in History. Yeah. Um, Really, it's been the preserve of uh, lazy phone-ins for for some time, hasn't it? Thank you, Extracts Magazine, if you're still going. But um, we're thinking we could uh, reinvigorate it by adding the element of lying. Yes. So lie. Tell us what happened on this day in history. We've got some examples of that, haven't we, Ian Lee? Yeah. Go on, you tell them. What have I got? Examples that you've got. Where? where? Of this day in history. Oh, yeah. This happened. Oh, yeah. In this day in history, of course, 15 uh, years ago, um, uh, Paul McCartney uh, first had his hair dyed. 
It's a true fact. And in this day in history, over 100 years ago, uh, some people died. 1974, yeah. on this day in history, the yeah. bell-bottom was born in yeah. Bedford when um, someone fell into a bell. Here's, a, here's actually a true one, and this is true. On this day in history, in 1968, uh, Tobias Pockets invented what we commonly call now the pocket. Did he? And this is, that is actually a true thing, and it blew my mind when I found this out that this was coming up. Was his name Pocket or Pocket? It was t- Tobias Pockets. It had an umlaut over the O. Uh, and uh, if you and people go, oh, that's, that's nonsense, because well, you look at any pictures from before 1968, nobody had pockets. In 1968, they suddenly ca- they really took off in the early 70s. But mm. it's a fact. Mm. It's a fact. Mm. Mm. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. Prince George, um, not only being a, 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 a spoiled millionaire baby, he's even more spoiled. He's had over uh, eight hundred gifts in the last year. Official that's gifts. A, that's not his fault. He's not demanding them yet. I just think it's disgusting. Why? Well, because he's People a, like to give babies stuff. They're cute. Flipping he's it. He's a very cute example well, of a baby. I, I hope all of these get given to um, uh, poor people. I don't think they keep them. Um, oh, we go. Modest. Apart from the really good stuff. Modest items, including books, clothes, and gadgets, um, uh, can be used by the royals, displayed in a residence, or loaned out. Food or flowers is given to a hospice. Uh, High flat, high value items such as jewellery is not considered to be personal property. Royals are permitted to use it during their lifetime, so they keep it. it some of the things he's got. Do you think? I reckon they regift a miniature academic gown, a dream catcher. Oh, no, he ain't got that anymore. It's in the bin. A polo mallet, a police dog cuddly toy, a car speedboat, a pair of sheepskin boots, a possum skin cloak. Flipping it, you Aborigines. A surfboard, a rocking horse, a personalised skateboard, a miniature Maltese cross, uh, and a bicycle. Why does no one do book tokens anymore? Flipping heck. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there are two mile queues approaching Junction 26 Wharf Mabby after an accident. And the M25 anti-clockwise between, uh, well, it's usually uh, the usual rush hour queues being made much worse from Junction 20 for Kings Langley towards Junction 16 for the M40 northbound because there's a lane closed there on the exit slip road. On the M1 southbound, the lane's closed between uh, just after Junction 11 for Dunstable Road because of an accident. That's causing queues. And also there's a lane closed between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Fiveways Corner on the M- M1 southbound because of flooding. In Watford on the A41 northbound there's a lane closed between the M1 Junction 5 for Watford and the Dome roundabout because it's flooded and on the A1 northbound that's partially blocked by an accident between Boreham Wood and the M25 Junction 23 for the A1M where it was flooded earlier and those queues are reaching Stirling Corner. On the trains Virgin have possible delays between London Euston and Milton Keynes and that's also affecting London Midland services between London Euston and Tring. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group says it needs to use the £460,000 to help achieve financial recovery. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather during a raid on his home have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. Hamadir Rahman and Mohammed Rashid were found guilty along with a third teenager, 
of stabbing pensioner Sharif Demirse to death at his bungalow in Kempston in 2013. And a national newspaper's facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. The Daily Mail singled out the town in an online article highlighting the number of empty shops. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham and Southampton are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after replay wins last night. Spurs came from 2-0 down to beat Burnley 4-2 at White Hart Lane, while Southampton won 1-0 at Ipswich. Here's the Tottenham manager, Maurizio Pochettino. I am happy. I am happy because after 2-0 down, the team showed that character and this is important. And in round four, Tottenham will be at home to Leicester with Southampton hosting Crystal Palace. Also last night, Bradford beat Millwall 4-0 to earn a trip to Chelsea. Benicophobia has described his loan spell at Milton Keynes Dons as a turning point in his career. Aphobia has completed a permanent move from Arsenal to Wolves after 19 goals for the Dons this season. Luton are hoping to extend the loan of fullback Michael Harriman until the end of the season. Meanwhile, manager John Still will be given the freedom of the borough of Luton later today. England one-day cricket captain Owen Morgan has quashed Kevin Peterson's hopes of a recall. Peterson had suggested that Morgan wanted him back in England's one-day squad, but Morgan says that's not the case. I was pretty surprised and again I think this is a good opportunity to clear things up. I'm very happy with the squad of players that I have. I think this is a fantastically talented group of young guys we have and I think they're the right group of players to drive English cricket forward. So yeah, I mean, I'm very happy with the guys. And London Marathon Race Director Hugh Brasher says they're thrilled that Paula Radcliffe has chosen this year's race for her final marathon. The Bedford athlete, now 41, has won the race three times but hasn't competed for nine years. She will bring the curtain down on her marathon career on April the 20th. BBC Three Counties News and Sports. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Alert the street cleaners. Paula Radcliffe's doing the London Marathon again. Get your brushes at the ready. Get your dustpan and brush at the ready. I don't think it's just a Paula thing, is it? It's a standard It's an appalling thing. It's not standard practice to pull your kecks to one side and do a whoopsie. Is it different if you're, you're a sporty person, you're super healthy? Is it like being a racehorse? Well, the marathon, the thing about the marathon is, of course, not only does it, does it grind your knees to a pulp, it also grinds your bowels to a mush. Uh, and so, yes, you are quite often forced to um, evacuate your bowels whilst doing a run. And they don't make that known no. on the uh, marathon coverage. That's not as known as it should be. So these poor suckers signing up to do the marathon, boy, oh boy, I, I hate people who do the marathon. These poor suckers signing up don't know the pressure it's going to do to their insides and the humiliation they will get as they're running up, um, 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 the, um, I can't think of any streets in London, and then they have to pull to the side and um, uh, pull to the side. Unless they're the snail man. Sorry? The snail man. Who's the snail man? The man that did it as a snail and got disqualified. Why? He, he was crawling on his bed. It took him weeks. Oh, flipping it. They stopped counting him. My favourite thing is um, uh, like a week after the marathon when you see people jogging, leaning out the window going, Go on, nearly there! <laughs> <laughs> it's, nice. It's, not, it's nice. It's a nice bullying thing to do, isn't it? Yeah. It's the, the joke is, for those who didn't get it, it's, uh, I'm saying it's taken a week for them to do it, but they're, they're soldiering on. Like the um, who's the fella in the diving bell? Not the diving bell. I think he might have been the snail man as well. Oh, he was in a he was in a old fashioned diving suit. It took him three years to complete. He's still doing that marathon. Yeah. Don't like the marathon, and I don't like people who do it for charity. If you're going to do the marathon, do it for your own sake. It's both me. I'm doing the marathon. Get jog on, literally. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge 
08459 555 They're not going to call. No, no one's going to call. They're probably not listening. No, no one's listening. No, not them. I'm talking oh. to the listener. Oh, right. They can can't get in Cambridge, <clears throat> but I think, are they, in Wales, are they in Wales now? Why is no one calling today? They what can have, get us online in Wales. What have, we, what have we done wrong? Why I think we've been too entertaining. <clears throat> that would be it. Yeah. What, today? Yeah. Nah. Yeah. The Duke and Duchess of Cambridge. Now, which ones are they? That's the... the That's the, um, the glamorous ones. The glamorous ones, OK. I nearly said... Uh, do you know what I ne- how I nearly described them? The fit girl and the baldy. Oh, <clears> our <throat> future king and queen. Uh, oh, for goodness what? sakes. The Duchess got a pearl necklace. That's from an anonymous individual. I know, come on. That's what it says here. I thought it was unlucky to give pearls. Well, particularly from an anonymous person. Mm. Um, the pair of silver cufflinks, an Akubra cattleman hat and collection of men's clothing from the Prime Minister of Australia. Mm. <clears throat> oh, look at what the Pope gave the Queen! A resounding ticking off. Framed 1679 manuscript, Urbis and Orbis. I don't know what it is, but it's old. Old is good, huh? I wonder what the best gift the Queen has ever received. Well, I can tell you what it is. It's, it from, is it's, it's from a lion. It's from a school in Essex. Go on. A bristle brush foot a boot scraper. They gave her a boot scraper. You're taking you're that off with their heads. No, but she does like a welly, doesn't she? That's true. Uh, the Duke of Edinburgh got a case of beer. Flip it. I mean, just, why, why, why? Why give him anything? Guess what, guys? They can afford it. They can afford it. The Duchess of Cornwall, a snakeskin handbag and a saddle. Oh, that's rude, Mexico. They've given her a saddle? What on earth are they saying about her? And uh, Princess Anne got from the President of Pakistan, who's having a laugh because these grow on trees, 100 mangoes. Now, they're going to go off. And also, um, you know, I'm sure they're delicious mangoes. A hundred mangoes? What's that? Tenner? A tenner's worth? At, m- at most. And the Duke of York... Now, which... He's Prince Andrew, is he? Yes. OK. Well, he, he, well, he could do with um, some, uh, some advice. Anyway, he got an Arctic, Arctic Monkeys CD. Nice. From Kids Aware Charity. Mm. And the... Uh, uh, the uh, 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 Oh, flipping it. The Earl and, Count- Earl and Countess of Wessex, they got the Usain Bolt autobiography from anyone, guys? Usain Bolt. Oh, all about me. Never give your book to... We once, I once had uh, Lembit Opic come round to my house. It was for a television programme. You know what his gift was to me? A copy of a book he'd written. That went straight in the pile to Oxfam. When my sister used to work for Richard Branson... Yeah. On his planes, mm. they didn't get their Christmas bonus one year. Instead, they were hand-delivered copies of his autobiography. By him? No, by one another minion. So another minion went... wrote his autobiography? No, but handed by him. So did he hand it to them? Yeah, no, a minion did. Who wrote the book? Branson. Who handed the book? The minion. OK, well, that's a confusing tale. It went down like a cup of cold sick. Yeah. They'd rather have the money. Isn't he normally good, though? Doesn't, he, doesn't Branson throw parties at his palace for um, the poor? Yeah, he does. Wow, does it, and he, he plays Give Us a Clue, does he? <laughs> uh, Biggers is in Hemel. Morning, Biggers. Hello, Ian, me old mock and me old charlie, me old fruit ladies. Hello, you fake cockney. Uh, mockney, what you got for us? Um, well, I, uh, I think you know already that I spotted Mr Dooney again smoking. What, today? No, yeah, yesterday this was. All oh, right, go on, tell but us the story. the first hour of the show, because I didn't, didn't start work till seven. Yeah, we, uh, I pulled a van over. Yeah. I thought, well, I'm going to be I'm gonna be polite and talk to him, so yeah. I've, I've shook his hand and we've uh, called it quits like, you know? OK, OK. What what, he, what did he give you? To When did he give you a growler? 
<laughs> cigarette? I'll tell you what, though, Ian, he did not smoke a cool way, and he's, he's got the gentleman smoke, you know, with the backhand? Yeah. When he puts it into his mouth that way. And, and let's be honest, all right, we're not allowed to say this because we're the BBC, and smoking is bad for you kids, it kills you, but... Some people look quite cool when they smoke fags, and Dealey is one of those people. He definitely is, mate. And I'll tell you what, the other thing was, Ian, he was um, chatting a young lady up outside as well. Oh, blimey. Who is... I don't know who that was. Okay. Yeah, dark hair, um, nice, nice face, you yeah. know. Well, it couldn't be anybody who works here. Few lines. Well, the, the Biggers, listen, thank you very much uh, for, for grasping. That's Biggers on Dealey Watch. Of course, if you spot Dealey anywhere, uh, do let us know, and you're more than welcome to beep your horn and uh, stick your fingers up at I'm him. I'm getting some uh, flack from uh, Scott Balks on Twitter. What, what's Balks saying? Oh, he's jealous. Oh, go on. He thinks I love um, Nick Clegg. You do bang on about him a lot, and no. in these days of impartiality... No. No. Yes. No. Okay. No. We were talking about that leaders' debate that happened yep. when everyone said, I'm with Nick. Yep. And I just said that was the only thing that was a pleasant surprise about quite a dull thing. Yeah. Don't love him. You've been banging on, you did bang on about him yeah. several times. No, no, just that was the just only thing I can remember. Well. Yeah. I mean, you know. By the way, I should say, uh, tomorrow, between 7.30 and 8, open door policy, uh, where if what, you... So you think he might come? Who? Nick. No, Nick's not coming, I'm afraid, mate. If you, uh, if you feel the urge, uh, you're more than welcome to come and join us in the studio. Catherine and I will be sat in the studio. Don't bring Miriam. You turn up to the, uh, the door, uh, uh, well, a bit before half past seven, or any time up to eight o'clock. You knock on the door, Kelly will let you in, um, and mm, you come in and well. sit with us. And you don't need any skill, you don't need anything about you, you don't need to... I mean, we had a, a brilliant Mr T impersonator last week. You don't need to look like anybody, you just turn up. You t- if you're out taking the dogs for a walk, bring the dogs in, bring the kids in, bring Nana in, bring uh, anybody you want. You just said something really insulting about Mr T. He's going to come in and pound your brains. Go on. You said you don't need anything about you, don't need a skill, you don't need a talent, don't no. need to look like, like anyone like Mr T. No, I'm saying he looked, he looked like Mr T. He had a skill, he had a talent, and he was a very, very nice gentleman. But you don't, none of those we are unofficial We will let the untalented in too. Exactly. You, and you just turn up, you knock on the door, you come in and sit with us. And that's it. That's all there is to it. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Yeah, but don't just sit and look at us because that's off putting. Oh putting. No. You've got to talk and stuff. You've yeah. definitely got to talk. Um, what's the address? Hastings Street, Luton. Yeah, it's quite. A, it's a weird building. It doesn't look like anything. There's a tiny sign that says BBC. It's in between two hotels. Buzz the buzz the buzzer, and we will let you in. Here's a confession that will jolt you. Says the female magazine. I don't love my stepchildren. Oh. At, at 5.30pm, three evenings a week, a dramatic performance takes place in my house with me centre stage. I'm in the kitchen chatting with my four-year-old daughter, Layla, and two teenage sons, Morgan and Sean. I relish these moments together, just the four of us. The windows steaming with the boiling pans, steaming windows, the smell of home cooking, the banter and the anecdotes about their days. I feel bathed in warmth and love. Then I hear, hear a key in the door, and my heart sinks. It's my stepchildren, Lee, 16, and James, 14, and I must appear pleased to see them. Oh, what a cow. This is better than I thought. What would you like to eat? Are they cold? Would they like me to run them a hot bath? They're 16 and 14! Run their own baths! A mug of cocoa, even. It's pathetic, and I know they can see through my saccharine platitudes as they dump their school blazers and rucksacks in the hall. Quite often, Emma, 19, my partner's eldest child, will pop in unannounced too, and I start all over again, gushing, cooking, fussing and smiling through gritted teeth. Wow. I wonder why they don't get on. 
Uh, by the time my fiance Kevin arrives home from work, I'm often too tired and resentful to bother cooking again. And we'll sit down to a miserable plate of leftovers. Don't knock leftovers, love. Leftovers Ooh, is the best. Leftovers is the woman? best. Who is it? Just some woman in the, in the, uh, the mail. Oh, some right. horrible woman. Well... OK, we'll ask if she... No wonder I sometimes wish we could drop the pretense and my stepchildren would all clear off and leave me alone. <gasps> Does she have children of her own? Yeah. Yes. She prefers them, which, you know... I you would, well, you would what prefer your own though, kids. Yeah. I know, but if you love your partner, you make an effort, don't you? I silently promised I would treat his children in exactly the same manner as my own three. I swore it would, uh, I would do whatever it took to ensure they felt loved and nurtured in our house. Turn to the next page. Oh, there's a picture of all of them as well! So, oh! Oh, right, so this is going to improve things then, the fact that she's come out in a paper and said this and had their pictures taken. This is brilliant! Fair play. I mean... Oh, no-one looks happy in that picture. Uh, the reality is, I don't love these three stepchildren as I do my own. I fear I never will. Right. Let's put the shoe on the other foot. If a man said that about his girlfriend's children, she would say, well, if you don't love my kids, you don't love me clear off, wouldn't they? I don't think you have to love them though, do you? James, 14, one of the stepchildren says, I wouldn't say I love Katrina, but I do like her a lot. She lets me use her credit card. <laughs> yeah, well, here's news for you. She doesn't like you, mate. <sighs> mm. Aren't other people's lives interesting? Aren't they just... Here's the thing, OK? I think... I bet there are more parents, more step-parents that are like this because you, you know listen you you, mar- you find someone you love and you love them but then there are two or three other people that well why would you love them you can get on with them and you do your best to get on with them but it would be really hard if i were to leave my wife and shack up with someone who had a 14 and 16 year old son and daughter why would i love them why would i love them I would do my best to get on with them and I would be civil to them. You wouldn't make it quite clear you didn't like them like this woman has. Maybe over time you might love them because they'd be a part of your family and a part of your (sighs) life, but not suddenly. I bet there are loads of step-parents that don't love their stepchildren. And and, and Cinderella, anybody? Would you go as far to say you didn't like them? Well, I bet 14-year-old boys can be bloody horrible, can't they? They can be right little so-and-so. They can be nasty pieces of work. We can put it out there. I, I suspect we won't get any call. If we get one call on this, we'll be winning. We uh, might get calls from the children in question. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Stepchildren, do uh, do you get on with your step parents and vice versa? Are you a step parent and do you not love or like your stepchildren? I bet it's quite common. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed just after Junction 11 for Dunstable Road because of an accident between a 4x4 and a lorry, so that's causing queues. Also on the M1 southbound, the lane's closed between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Five Boys Corner because of flooding. On the M25 anti-clockwise, the usual rush hour queues are being made worse between Junction 20 for Kings Langley and the M40 because a lane's been closed on the exit slip road at Junction 16 for the M40 northbound. In Watford on the A41 northbound, that's closed because it's flooded between the M1 Junction 5 for Watford and the Dome Round about at St Albans Road and on the A1 northbound that is partially blocked by an accident between Boreham Wood and the M25 Junction 23 for the A1M is causing tailbacks to Stirling Corner. In Milton Keynes the A421 standing way is partially blocked by a broken down bus on the Kingston roundabout that's causing uh, delays to the M1 Junction 13 for Bedford. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you Samantha. 
Right, 7.46. It's Thursday, the 15th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. And the Daily Mail is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. Let's get the weather. Here's Georgina. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, we've got a fairly blustery day still. The winds do drop a little, but they pick up again in the mid-morning. So they're going to be fairly gusty around the showers that could be a touch on the wintry side, perhaps thundery too. There should be some sunny spells in between, though, with highs of 9 degrees Celsius. The winds start to ease in the early hours of the morning and we'll have some uh, clear spells as well as a few isolated showers with lows between 2 and 4 degrees. And then tomorrow we've got much lighter winds, cloudy first thing, but clearing through the morning. A few showers around, uh, but also plenty of sunny spells, particularly in the afternoon, and highs of 7 degrees Celsius. And then a couple of frosty nights over the weekend. Saturday's looking cloudy with some uh, rather sleety showers at times. Sunday, still a lot of low cloud around, but clearing later on, and then much quieter on Monday. That's your latest forecast. Wrapped on BBC Three Counties Radio. We thought let's debunk and demystify mental health and disability. Dr. Chetna Kang. We hope to educate about illnesses, health problems, issues that they might not have heard of but may come across at some point in their life. Shrink Wrapped. Really about taking real stories to real people in a language that they'll understand. Every Sunday from one. The programme is for anyone and everyone regardless of your age, regardless of whether you're healthy or unwell. Even if you don't know anyone with any of the issues that we discuss or don't have any of them yourself, it makes for really interesting listening. Shrink Wrapped on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Now, last week we told you how routine surgery had been cancelled at Bedford Hospital after an unprecedented demand for emergency care. An increase in emissions involving frail elderly patients meant all beds were taken. Well, the hospital promised the situation would improve. Well, has it? Let's speak to Eileen Doyle, who's the hospital's chief operating officer. Morning, Eileen. Good morning. Uh, Routine surgery had um, been cancelled or postponed when we spoke last week. Has that situation been reversed now? It has. It has. We've uh, we've recommenced routine surgery. It was, a, it was a very difficult decision to take last week. Um, we never we, we never want to cancel any surgery because we realise that's very distressing distressing for the patients who planned uh, who planned to come into us. But unfortunately, last week we found ourselves in a position where we really had no safe alternative other than to do that. And remind us why you had to do that, Eileen. Why, why was the situation so bad? Uh, we, we had a very, very busy. Uh, we've had a very busy December and a very busy January, and we've seen an increase of about 25% in our emergency admissions. And many of those patients who we've admitted are, as you said, the frail elderly patient who's got lots and lots of complex difficulties. And uh, so we've we've had an unprecedented demand both December over Christmas and going into January. So we've really reached saturation points, and we had to make a difficult decision about how we managed uh, the patients that we had safely. And in the, you know, without uh, without making the situation worse. And how have you managed to turn it around? Is it just that the number of patients coming in has dropped significantly? That A and E is there's less pressure on it, or, or, or what have you done? Well, when, once we hit saturation point last week, we did ask all of our partners. So that's uh, social services, our local GPs. Obviously, we, we uh, went out to the media to say, please stay away from A and E if you if you can, and try and find 
an alternative option for, for your difficulty, be that visit your GP or your pharmacist. And the response was very good. So all of our partners came into the hospital and stayed all week with us. They put extra staffing, uh, extra social workers. We had GPs in A&E. Uh, we worked closely with the ambulance service. And so everybody worked very hard together to actually firstly try and cope with the demand that was in the hospital but also manage the demand out of the hospital could this situation return i'm sure it could you know we're not out of the woods yet um we're still very very busy and it's still a long winter um so it's uh, hospitals are always busy i think it just stepped up a level and i think most hospitals around the country found that over the, the last couple of weeks and so yes of course it can return but we hope we you know we have good cooperation in bedfordshire and um, everybody worked together and very hard to actually um, to, to help us out and make sure that all the patients that we were caring for were cared for safely. And if there was a possibility of them moving out to community setting, then that's what we did. And, and how will you um, uh, uh, make up for, the, for those people that um, had their, their operations postponed or cancelled? How long will it take you to kind of fit all those people in? We do try and uh, obviously we, we work along the timeline with people who are having uh, surgery. So we do work within, try to work within an 18 week uh, window. But anybody that has had their surgery cancelled, we are trying to reschedule and, and they will be rescheduled uh, wherever possible within 28 days. So it is an uphill struggle for us now because mm. clearly we did have to take out quite a lot of uh, the routine patients. I would like to say we did bring in some surgery, but that was for, for patients who were having surgery for cancer, for example. And we, one way or another, we, we, we needed to do those. So we, we working hard with the surgical team to try and reschedule uh, that will involve working evenings weekends everybody's very willing to do that mm. um because obviously people want to see their patients treated and treated quickly i don't envy your job in the slightest eileen uh, well done for turning it around and thanks for coming on thank you thank you, you very much eileen doyle hospital's chief operating officer Song calling me down the road is where I'll always be. Every stop I make, I make a new friend. Can't stay for long, just turn around and I'm gone again. Maybe tomorrow I wanna settle down. Until tomorrow I'll just keep moving on down this road that never seems to end. When you adventure lies just around the bend So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's hobo style Maybe tomorrow I'll want to settle down Until tomorrow the whole world is my home So if you want to join me for a while Just grab your hat, come travel light, that's hobo style
For us this morning, um, a song. Hey, fantastic! Away you go. Let's hear it. Um, and I, and I had you, I treated you finished? Yeah. That was fantastic. We'll have some of that. Jamal, how old are you? You sound about 37. I'm seven. What the heck? You're 30 years younger than my guesstimate. You're seven years old, but you've got a very mature voice. And if I'm honest, Jamal, you sound like you're in a lot of pain. And by pain, I mean like emotional pain. I felt, I felt that you were living those lyrics. But did you write that song? No. Who who does it original? Who's the original artist? Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson. Michael, J- of course, it was a Michael Jackson. Do you know song. what my judgment on that would be? Go on. He looks like a pop star. He sounds like a pop star. He could be a pop star. Yeah, you're through. You're through to boot camp. Yeah, Jamal. Jamal, have you sent any of your um, songs to BBC Introducing? Kelly, have you no. heard from Jamal? I haven't yet. Would you be interested in that, Jamal? Yeah. I mean, I'd love to come and see you at a gig if you're performing anywhere. Whereabouts do you live, Jamal? Don't give us the street, as some young people do. Well, what ki- what area? What town? Luton. Uh, Lu- oh. What are you doing tomorrow between half past seven and eight o'clock? Uh, I don't know. Get your, is that your mum with you? Get your mum. manager. Is that, get your manager to bring you to the studio, and you can come and sing live on air in the studio tomorrow morning at half past seven. How about that? Yeah. Yeah? Is that okay, manager? Yeah, that's fine. We'll see you tomorrow. Okay. Thank you for that. There we go. We've got a booking. We've got a booking. Uh, Hey, listen, just because Jamal's turning up with his manager doesn't mean you can't. We could fit as many people as we... Someone said to me, what happens... On your open door policy, if 3,000 people turn up, we do it in the car park. Yeah. We do it in the car park. There is room for everybody. Well, that was fantastic. Young, local talent. Put that in the pod and smoke it. That was good, wasn't it? Have you got a light? Uh, Texas. Texas go like this. Thank you, Jamal. That's made my day. That's uh, we've, wonderful. We've had one through from Mr P Charming from Aylesbury. Mm. It says, morning all. On this day in history in a kingdom far, far away. Oh. Kelly, this is going to get creepy for you. Uh-oh. I rescued Kelly from a tower where she was sleeping for a hundred years. I took one kiss and she woke from her sleep. We agreed it was a bit cliche, so we went our separate ways. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. It's the polite thing. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Dr. Watts, on this day in history, 1989, yeah. my uncle Norman Bingo invented 
Bingo. Hey! I spent a lot of time in Dunstable as a kid. I lived very close by. I loved it and thought that when I grew up, I moved there. I still love Dunstable, but I've obviously not grown up because I live in Milton Keynes and don't live there now. That would learn you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, the lanes closed just after Junction 11 for Dunstable Road because of an accident, and that's causing queues. On the M25 anti-clockwise, there's a lane closed on the exit slip road at Junction 16 for the M40 northbound towards High Wycombe, so that's uh, looking very busy as well. In Milton Keynes, the A421 standing way is partially blocked in both directions at the Kingston roundabout because the bus has broken down. That's between the Kingston roundabout and the M1 Junction 13 for Bedford. It's looking very slow. On the trains, Virgin and London Midland services have possible delays uh, between London Euston and Milton Keynes Central or Tring because of safety checks being made on the line. Samantha Braff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Sammy. Thank you, Jamal. We just had a really nice text, didn't we? We have, from someone who's never texted us before. On day 12 of 13 days at work, I'm shattered. I've been late every day this week. And that little boy who just sang Michael Jackson made my day. You you did that, Jamal. Thank you. and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, Bedfordshire doctors criticise deficit plan, teenagers lose Bedford murder appeal and campaigners hit back at Dunstable Ghost Town tag. BBC Three Counties Radio. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group says it needs to use the £460,000 to help achieve financial recovery. The money had been saved by GPs like Hubertus von Blumenthal by changing the way they prescribe drugs. Of course, um, we have um, been, been working extremely hard on it. We achieved our target and we we're very proud of that. And we we're looking forward to put this money towards patient care. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather during a raid on his home have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. Hamadir Rahman and Mohammed Rashed were found guilty along with a third teenager of stabbing pensioner Sharif Demirse to death at his bungalow in Kempston in 2013. Routine surgery has been reinstated at Bedford Hospital following an unprecedented demand for emergency care. An increase in admissions involving elderly patients meant all beds were taken last week. Eileen Doyle is the hospital's chief operating officer. You know, we're not out of the woods yet. We're still very, very busy and it's still a long winter. Hospitals are always busy. I think it just stepped up a level and I think most hospitals around the country found that over the, the last couple of weeks. And so, yes, of course it can return, but we hope, we, you know, we have good cooperation in Bedfordshire and um, everybody works together and very hard to actually um, to, to help us out and make sure that all the patients that we were caring for were cared for safely. The Attorney-General is to investigate whether the sentence given to a former teacher who had sex with a student was too lenient. Stuart Kerner from Kent was given a suspended 18-month sentence after the judge said his 16-year-old victim had been obsessed with him and had, in effect, groomed him. The Attorney-General's office said it had received complaints and would give its ruling next month. New pension bonds which were announced in the budget have gone on sale this morning, offering a higher than normal rate of interest for the over 65s. The government has set a limit on the value of the bonds which can be sold 
Experts have warned they could sell out in weeks. A national newspaper is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. The Daily Mail's online article highlighted the number of empty shops. Sharon Knott from the campaign group Don't Let Dunstable Die says misleading information was taken from their website. We're a community group that likes to keep everybody informed of what's happening, events and, and things, new shops that are opening, which many new shops are opening. But they also took a quote from one of our followers um, who has since deceased. We, we just felt a little bit annoyed and disappointed that they didn't actually call us. Researchers at Cambridge University say a lack of exercise may be responsible for twice as many deaths as obesity. The study concludes that just moderate exercise, such as a 20-minute walk each day, makes a big difference. In sport, Tottenham and Southampton are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after replay wins last night. Spurs came from 2-0 down to beat Burnley 4-2 at White Hart Lane, while Southampton won 1-0 at Ipswich. The weather, rain clearing to leave a generally dry day. Still windy, though, a maximum temperature 8 degrees Celsius and you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. You are cool, take a trip Prisons ever, ever, ever shall be Hip, 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 hip Is it about a gap here? Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio Busy show this morning. Do you hate your stepkids? Do you not get on with stepmum or dad? Well, Thomas says on Twitter, my stepdad gets more love and respect from me than my biological dad. And I, I would imagine that's quite often the way. But I bet it's not always the way. 08459 455 555. Be honest. If you're a step-parent... You get on with the kids. There's no reason you should. You've not fallen in love with them. You've fallen in love with their mum or their dad. And I bet some of those stepkids have got every right to be resentful of you coming into their lives. Yeah, so you make a double effort, don't you? Well, but why... If, if a 14-year-old is being thoroughly unpleasant to you, well, why, well, well, why would the, you love them? You grow, you, you're the grown-up and you ask yourself why. 08459 455555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Where's Dealey? I've missed Dealey's beautiful Cockney commoner's muck. How's your father? Apples and pears, saucepan lids, a little bit half a daily, but he's all right. Voice in the last hour. Where the flippin' heck is he? We'll speak to him later on. He's on the hunt. He's on the hunt for eagles. <laughs> Not the rock group. That would be crazy. Uh, also, is anybody, and judging by the lack of enthuse from you, is anybody um, at all bothered by the prospect of the political leaders having a Barney on TV? The whole of Prime Minister's question time yesterday was about... People, are they going to appear on television or not? Not about the NHS, not about, I don't know, terrorism or something. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Now, 
Doctors in Bedfordshire are angry that thousands of pounds they've saved won't be reinvested in their practices. Instead, it'll be used towards a £30 million deficit at the Clinical Commissioning Group, which runs the county's health service, one of the biggest debts in the country. Well, some GPs say it will put patient care under threat. We're joined by Dr Mike Smith, who chairs the Patients' Association. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Ian. Can you understand why doctors are so angry? Well, yes, I can. But looking back over the health service over, over several decades, I remember when the money wasn't quite so short. This quite hof- often happened at areas and regional level, whereby if the budget hadn't been spent, everybody rushed around to see if they could spend them before the end of the year. Mm. Uh, now, what's happening here is, is less fair than that, in that uh, the GPs are trying to make the service more efficient, and the money that they're saving is put aside for their subsequent use to even make greater uh, improvements in their practices. And so obviously they're, they're understandably rankled. They've been doing what was required of them, saving the money, if you like, but not having it in their coffers, but in the coffers of the people who pay. And that's subsequently being used to d- distribute elsewhere. So, or, or yeah, d- just that. It's a £30 million debt. It is one of the biggest debts in the country. I guess they have to try and plug that hole somehow, don't they? Well, yes, because otherwise the, 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 the GP's going to say, well, why the devil should I break my neck to bring about the efficiencies if it's not going to benefit my practice, which is what the, uh, the incentive is there for? Uh, you know, if you manage to do this and this, you'll have money over to increase access for the disabled, for example, and a variety of other things offer, offer perhaps tests or treatment that depend upon more expensive equipment, and you'll have the money, therefore, to invest in that equipment. Will patients actually suffer because of this, Mike? Oh, I hope not. No, no, it's not the basic surface that's right. being affected. It's the, the chance of having an improvement for which you've worked towards with your own efforts um, and put the money aside. It, you know, it's, it's what every good parent tries to get every good child to do. And mm. if the, uh, understandably, if they said, we'll keep it for you and then subsequently nicked it, you wouldn't be well pleased. I, that's, that's, that's the best summary of the problem we've had uh, all morning. And I suppose it, it, it could be um, the, the thin end of the wedge. This could just be the start of, of this uh, group trying to claw back more money from doctors. Well, one would hope not, but it, it's not clawing it back so much as taking it, taking it. which yeah, which they have saved, as yeah. it were. Do you see what I mean? Yes. I mean, they brought about savings through efficiency, and, and that's what they're now losing. Their incentive has been uh, taken away from them, and mm. they, they might well say, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, what's the point? Mike, well, I'm just going to go off on a tangent, ever so slightly, if you'll indulge me, and this, this question may be completely impro- inappropriate. Were you ever in a singing group <laughs> I was in a stand-up group at one time. Uh, well, why do you say that? Because I, ever since I've spoken to you, I recognise your name and your voice, and yeah. I, I have a distant memory of seeing you on Pebble Mill at one in the 80s. You're quite right, I was, yes. We did a series on looking good, feeling fit, and I'm not so sure I didn't sing on that. But I also did Jimmy Young for it forever, so if you associate me with music, Maybe that's it's, his rec- that. it's his records going out between my, my medical bits. Mike, you're a good sport, and it's always good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed, Dr. Mike Smith, who chairs the Patients Association. I've been dying to ask that question for the last two years, and I've only just brought up the courage to do it. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. He's a good sport, isn't he, Dr Mike Smith? Very. 
I don't think it's who I was thinking of, though. Uh, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone We've number. We've had some step-parent, step-children relationship uh, texts. Oh, go on. And yes, this, this has all come. There's a story in uh, the female section of the, of the uh, Daily Mail from a rather... Well... She's just wrecked any chance that she might have of sorting it out with these kids. She comes out and basically says she hates her stepkids. I, I have to say, I, uh, a friend of a friend wrote one of these articles for the female section um, and was horrified when it was when they, they uh. got the paper and read it. In that They said, well, yeah, that's the story I told them, but there's no way I phrased it like that. And they've kind of, they've taken one element and got rid of the other. They've made it controversial for the sake of making it controversial. That may be what's happened it here. It seems really odd to me that she would allow her entire... Yeah. you know family to be uh, photographed and to come out oh. and say she doesn't like these kids and the inter- who was the interviewer in this Samantha Brick so just yeah, you, you know what I'm saying it comes with baggage already doesn't okay. it uh, but yes do you get on with your stepkids or your stepparents well Bob in High Wycombe says my partner loves my son her stepson right. but hates my stepson so her own kid by the sound of it well is it her own kid or is it? Is he? His is, stepson is, is her. Well, unless he's been married before. Exactly. So there's an extra. There could be an extra wing to this. Can read that Do you again. Carry on being someone's stepdad if you're no longer married to their mum. I suppose it depends how long you were their stepdad for. If it was from almost birth. And maybe, and maybe. Um, going I, do, who's, who sent this in? Bob in Wickham. Bob, give us a call if you can, because let's explain this. But one explanation could be, so he's he married someone who had a son, that's his stepson, then she died, and Let he takes responsibility in. for wow. the... I don't, I'm not saying that is the situation there, but that, that could be how that would work. All right, OK. Here's another one from Marius. I had both step-parents, and we always struggled to get along. My mum's opinion was her kids came first, and that's why her relationships failed. Well, it will do, won't it? Well, my stepmom made our lives hell, because my brother and I were better and more successful than her children, having stepbrothers and sisters was the worst thing about it, says Marius. See, uh, uh, you, you would put your kids for your actual kids first, wouldn't would you? Or, there could be the converse, you want to make such an effort with the stepkids that your kids get pushed to the side and feel less than. Oh, it's really tricky. Oh, Especially when the kids are older. I think maybe if they're little, it might be easier for them to get used to. Yeah. But oh, then you're assuming that the mother of them is supportive of you. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double four. I could quite understand. You fall in love. You, your marriage fails. You fall in love with somebody else. You're in love with that person. There is no reason that you would love that kid. Hey, Bob, who just texted in, is on the line. Morning, Bob. Good morning. Well, thanks ever so much for coming on the air. We were we were slightly confused by the, the relationships in your text. So just explain it to us, if you wouldn't mind. Okay, um, I've got a stepson and a son. Right. From my first from my first marriage. Uh, right. Thought so. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I, me and the, my ex split up, and my new partner, she loves my stepson. I'm oh, sorry, she loves, she loves my son. Yeah, yeah. This, but my stepson, who was living with me, let me split up. She hates him. Flipping it, that must be that must be tough, Bob. It was, yeah, it was tough. He's now he's now moved out. You know, he's at university, but uh, at the time it was quite tough. And how do you? Because obviously you love this woman who's part of your life. You love your stepson, yep. I imagine. How do you strike that balance? It was it was it was quite difficult. It was um, uh, it, it, when when he would come home off leave or whatever uh, on when he was at university, she would uh, go over to the and stuff. So. so she wouldn't be in the house. She'd go over to her mum's, did you say? Yeah. 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 And did you... And I was, I'm, I'm trying not to pry too much. I'm, I'm treading delicately, so if I do pry too much, tell me to jog on. Did you and your, um, your partner, did you argue about it? Did you try and reason with her? Or was it she just, had, she just didn't want anything to do with him? 
Uh, we, had a, we had a few uh, a few arguments about it, but then we came to an arrangement. And the arrangement was that she she would go out when he came in. Yeah. Blimey. Uh, and uh, are you still with this woman? Oh yeah. You managed yeah. to you managed yeah. to work through it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, it helped when he went to university and then you know moved out. But uh, it was it was tough for a while. Brilliant. Bob, I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I said all we need is to get one call to make this worthwhile. That was your call. What an interesting story. I mean, what aren't aren't, uh, relationships, and by that I mean uh, man and woman and uh, kids and uh, exes, aren't they confusing and complicated? Uh, You know, it's... uh, Thank you, Bob. There we go. I feel justified in bringing that story up 35 minutes ago. Who I want to hear from now is the grown-up kid. Yep. The kid who went through it. Oh, eight four five nine four double five. Because if I was uh, when I was fifteen, I was a stroppy so and so. When my dad left, I, I mean, I was I was te- my behaviour towards him was was absolutely terrible. But if my mum had got someone else, I I think I would have been a bit. Yeah, I would have. I remember. <clears throat> oh, I remember being seventeen. Oh, coming home one one night early. My mum was having a snog with a fella on the sofa. Good fair. Well, she yeah. wasn't having a snog, but they were all red faced, and it was all. What did you do? Uh, what did you do? Sat between them. <laughs> Put the telly on. Oh, that was flip. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I've brought that back now. It's a horrible memory. I'm going to just go to travel. Yeah, Tav. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there was an accident earlier just after Junction 11 for Dunstable Road, so it's still looking quite busy from Junction 12 for Flitwick. Also on the M1 southbound, there's a lane closed because it's flooded between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Five Ways Corner. On the M25, though, the lane and the exit slip road at Junction 16 for the M40 has reopened, so things are starting to ease off there. On the A1 northbound, it's partially blocked by an accident between Boreham Wood and the M25 Junction 23, and that's making it very busy from the Stirling Corner. And Hitchin on the A505, there are queues through the roadworks on uh, Payne's Park Road. Uh, there's queues to Carter's Lane and to Ashbrook Lane and that's looking very busy around Hitchin. On the uh, trains, there's a signalling problem at Cricklewood. That means there's 15 minute delays on East Midlands trains between Bedford and St Pancras International and 15 minute delays on Thameslink services between Luton and St Pancras International. Also between London Euston and Tring on London Midlands services and between Milton Keynes Central and London Euston on Virgin trains, there are delays because of safety checks being made on the line. Samantha Breath, BBC C3 Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.16, it's uh, Thursday the 15th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather during a raid on his home have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. And the Daily Mail is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. BBC Three Counties Radio. JVS. Morning. Morning. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm feeling smug. Uh, why are you feeling smug? I heard your little oh, trail yes. for the iPlayer. If you want, to, if you missed the interview yesterday, yeah. you can listen to it again. The interview of whom? Uh, well, uh, did you hear my interview with Gavin Shuka? Yes. Gavin who? Gavin Shuka. Gavin Shuka. Yeah, yeah. Ah, right, not Gavin Shuka. Um, no, no. I, I, I heard uh, some of it. I asked him the question. Yep. And he confirmed that generally it's pronounced shuka. Yep. However, it gets pronounced both ways. But, but the other way is wrong. Uh, fundamentally, yes. <laughs> oh, 
So I uh, I refer to him as Gavin Shuka. Excellent stuff. Well, it's all it's my pleasure to help. It didn't much matter. We still got some interesting <laughs> things from him, including the fact yep. that uh, he kind of agrees with the former Conservative MP Anne Widdicombe. Oh yeah, that young pregnant women mm. uh, who get themselves pregnant to have a council house yep. um, should be put into some kind of sheltered accommodation okay. altogether. Oh, which I thought was very interesting. Yes. I heard. Yes, I heard the talk about the uh, abortion uh, protests. Mm-hmm. I heard the talk about this. And boy, oh boy, I look forward to uh, reading your copy of that prospectus from that school. Yes. But gosh, that's um, it, they don't uh, they they teach creationism, do they? Or they say, what, what was the, the they, line? No, they certainly do not teach creationism. They they teach that uh, that anything about um, um, anything about evolution, right? Um, it's purely down to the good Lord. Okay. There is nothing other than the good Lord at uh, okay. at work in creating human beings and to teach children anything else. That's creationism. That's what that um, is. That it's, we're creating anything else is simply wrong. Wow. Um, it's just quite a lot of concerning things, but we'll be looking into it. I bet you will. I look yeah. forward to listening to that. Yeah. Um, that yes, that was... Uh, anyway, well done. Thank uh, you. What I heard was excellent. Thank you very much. What have you got today? Um, I'm hoping today's going to be an interesting discussion. We're asking, is it ever fair to blame a 16-year-old for a relationship with a teacher? Have you been following this story today? A 40, yes, I have. A 44-year-old male religious studies teacher who had sex with a 16-year-old girl pupil will not be sent to prison. Stuart Kerner took the girl's virginity on a yoga mat in the school storeroom. In the same week, his own wife miscarried their second child. He later Later drove her to his home, where they had sex again, apparently. The judge told the court the 16-year-old girl had stalked her teacher and groomed him when he was emotionally fragile. Well, from nine this morning, I want to hear your response to this. Is it ever fair to blame a 16-year-old for a relationship with a teacher? I think the fact the judge referred to her mm. as having groomed him mm. is quite remarkable. That's and this outrageous. was a female judge. This yep. wasn't a male judge. So I want your reaction to this. Do you think it is ever fair to blame a 16-year-old for a relationship with a teacher? I'd love your call from nine on 08459 455 555. With Three Candies Sport, you'll never miss a moment of your team in action. in action. And this Saturday is no different. We'll bring you live and uninterrupted commentary on Stevenage. It'll come out to Pet and Pet buzz it in. Luton. And with 13 minutes gone, Luton have the lead. MK Dons. Dons. Dilly Alley has equalised. And Watford. Gone through the goalkeeper's legs and Nicolo equalises. As well as keeping you up to date on Wickham. It's Fred on your dinner to put in the rebound. Three Counties Sport, Saturday from 2, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, uh, right, we're talking about stepkids. Uh, th- th- there's no reason you should love your stepkids. Tracy's in Stevenage. Morning, Tracy. Good morning. What would you like to say? I was saying, I've been, in a, I've been married now. I've been with my husband and married for six years. We got married two years ago. Uh, I never, when we got in together, I never expected him to love my children. He knew I had children when we got together. Yeah. Uh, and obviously, the youngest at that point was 12, the eldest was 16. Oh, blimey, yeah. So, yeah, as I say, he's coming in part of the way through their lives. You're not expecting it to be, like, instant love. They have, they do have a relationship. They get on most of the time. Like any family, they, there are moments when my kids will moan to me about him, he moans to me about them. I'm stuck in the middle. But it's, you have to build up on the mm. love. It's never going to be the same as you'd have from a parent to a child. I mean, two of my children have now left home uh, 
moved in with their partners. My eldest has a child of her own. And my husband is now granddad to my granddaughter. Oh, blimey. And, I mean, did, 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 my, did, when... my daughter's boyfriend is also from uh, a blended family. His parents are split up and remarried as well. When, so. when your fella moved in and you got 12 and a 16-year-old, did he tell them off? Because I always think that would be really hard telling off someone else's kids. So I've got three, 12, 14 and 16, there three of them. Oh, well, flipping out, <laughs> even worse. I ne- he never did. I mean, sometimes I wish he would do. Yeah. I mean, uh, because he would instead tell me that they've done right. something that's annoyed him. Because, yeah. um, obviously, we've grown up, you know, we've we lived our life how we lived it, and he was coming in with a different set of ideals and different set of rules. Yeah, of course. So often he was wanting me to tell them off the things that I actually didn't see a problem with. So there were times where I thought, I wish you'd just tell them, because it's no good me telling them, because yeah. I'm not necessarily agreeing with you anyhow. But, yeah, so say so he did it. He does it occasionally. I mean, he has been known to have a go at them, usually because he's just got to his wit's end with them. I mean, my children are by no means perfect, nor is my husband, nor am I. We are, what say, a typical family. They have their moments. He has his moments. And all I really expect from them is to accept the fact that there are times when my children come first, there are times when my husband comes first, and there are times when I come first. So it's, it's a bit of a balancing act. Tracy, thank you very much indeed. 08459 455 555. Moving on. Yesterday, <clears throat> we told you how Dunstable had been singled out by the Daily Mail as an example of Britain's ghost towns. But... Well, we got lots of angry uh, calls in the afternoon uh, because campaigners battling to save its high street have slammed the online report as out of date and inaccurate. There are are, uh, pictures that aren't from Dunstable. There's a quote from someone who's dead. It really was uh, a bit of a shoddy report. But just how bad is it? Uh, Conservative councillor Nigel Young, who's the executive member for regeneration at Central Bedfordshire Council, joins me now. Morning, Nigel. Nice to see you. Thanks for coming in. Uh, uh, Is Dunstable a ghost town? Certainly not. I mean, Dunstable has obviously suffered from uh, internet shopping, as of all uh, small towns. But it's actually on the up. I mean, absolutely incredible that the Daily Mail would run such a completely biased, negative article without coming and talking. Tell us why it's on the up. What's, what's happening? Well, I could have, uh, if I was a photographer, could have come in here with more than 20 pictures of new shops that have opened in the last six months. A new deli on High Street North that opened about a month ago. Super new barber shop also on High Street North. And currently, although I couldn't have taken photos of it, uh, we have applications in to bring Marks and Spencer and a large new next to Dunstable. They, they, they came up with a photo of the White Lion uh, purporting that uh, the only shop open was Halford, which is absolute nonsense. Mm. And that's where Marks and Spencer replied <laughs> to How many to. shops are closed? Because there are a lot that are closed, aren't there? Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the way that they come up with these numbers is to go on to the commercial equivalent of Zoopla, so it would, it would take in every vacant unit in a back street or off, mm. off the high street rather than uh, the high street central itself. Um, and, and it may well be right across Dunstable and parts of Houghton Regis that there are 49 shops closed. Certainly in the Quadrant, there are a lot of empty units mm. and there have been for many, many years. How do you encourage people to come and take those units? Well, we work with the developers. We had great difficulty in the Quadrant over the last five years working with the developer. It was an offshore investment company. But so they weren't that bothered? They couldn't have cared yeah. less, frankly. Uh, but it's been bought uh, it, it part of a package of eight shopping centres by 
uh, a company called Edinburgh House, who mm. are property investors and uh, developers. So we're really hoping that they will make some difference to the quadrant. They're telling us uh, that they do have further interest in the quadrant and that they should be able to regenerate it to a degree. But essentially, the shops in the quadrant aren't suitable for modern retailers, which is why the owners of the White Lion Retail Park are trying to uh, provide more suitable units for national retailers. How do you change people's attitudes? Because we did go and speak to people, and uh, there were some people saying that Dunstable was great, but there were a lot of people saying that it, that it was dead. How, do you, how can you convince those people otherwise? Well, only by showing them. And it's, it's like a jigsaw. There are so many, uh, so many pieces of that jigsaw, like the two new link roads, the A5M1, the Woodside link road, which will get traffic off the high street, so it'll be a nicer environment. The busway's been a big contributor to investment into Dunstable, and we have to bring money into the town by people coming into the town. I, I did some quick numbers, you know. A, a town that the Daily Mail says is a ghost town and is dying, uh, between the council and private investment... Uh, there's something like £500 million going into Dunstable. We're consulting right now on a brand new leisure centre for Dunstable. Gosh. We'll, for £15 million. And, and we'll be talking to residents about that over the, the mm. forthcoming few months. It's just so blatantly wrong. Uh, and, and I, I, you know, if, if residents in Dunstable want to know the whole picture, I've got no problem them emailing me. I'm easy to get hold of, nigel.young at centralbedfordshire.gov.uk. I'll be happy to, to try and put together all the pieces. But, you know, when the traffic's gone, 2017, uh, it will make a huge yeah. difference. But look, th there's, there's more than 20 new shops. Eleanor's Cross is full, Brittany Court is full. Mm. No photographs Have of you that. spoken to them? Have you been in touch with the mail? We uh, immediately commented that we felt it was completely biased yeah. and... You know, anybody can go around taking pictures of empty shops. And, and Dunstable does need more vibrancy. Yes. But you guys are coming to Dunstable. Well, this is, and this is what I need to talk to you about, Nigel. I think we're coming there in March at yeah. some point, And we're all genuinely very, very excited. New studio, top location, right near the theatre, which is a wonderful theatre. Where is the best place to get a fry-up in the morning? That's all <laughs> I'm bothered about. I, I, and if anybody knows, 08459 455 555, I just need to find a good bacon sandwich. Well, it, you know, I'm the, the place I use, yes. and, and I'll be really happy to meet you there yep. is uh, Cafe Latte on the high street but there are stacks of Brilliant. good uh, uh, good bacon sarnies available in Dunstable hey, I'll Nigel's take gonna, Nigel's going to buy us all breakfast at Cafe Latte excellent what's Tony's like because we've got a recommendation for Tony's on the high street uh, from Crystal you've yeah. got to be political now and say they're all good yeah, they are all really good he's going to buy us breakfast so we're sorted that's Job done sweet <laughs> uh, Nigel listen we're genuinely looking forward to moving there and uh, I think it's going to be it, it, you're right it's probably a very exciting time to be part of, uh, it is. of Dunstable I appreciate you coming in, and uh, who'd have thought the Daily Mail would have would have made up a story, huh? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Chicksands, between uh, in between Chicksands and Haynes, there's reports that Chris called to report an accident that the road is blocked near Northwood End Road. In Hitchin on the A505 Paynes Park Road, that's looking very slow at Parkway with queues to Ashbrook Lane and on Hexton Road to Carters Lane because of the roadworks that are there. On the A1 northbound, there are queues after an accident between the uh, Holiday Inn and the M25 Junction 23 for the A1M. Those queues are reaching Stirling Corner still. And in Watford on Stevenson Way, that's looking very busy on the speed sensors around the M1. 
Junction 5. Looking at the M1 southbound, uh, there are, there's a lane closed between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for Five Ways Corner because it's flooded. Also, a southbound on the M1, uh, there's been an accident between the uh, Junction 11 for Dunstable Road. That's causing queues from Junction 12 for Flittick. On the trains, there's been a signalling problem at Cricklewood. So East Midlands trains have 15-minute delays between Bedford and St Pancras and Thameslink have 15-minute delays between Luton and St Pancras. And also London Midland and Virgin trains have delays because of safety checks on the line uh, between London Euston and Milton Keynes. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Do you get on with your stepkids? There's a cracking story in the mail about a stepmom who says, well, basically, she hates her stepkids. And there's no reason you should get on, is there? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather during a raid on his home have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. Hamadir Rahman and Mohammed Rashid were found guilty, along with a third teenager, of stabbing pensioner Sharif Demirse to death at his bungalow in Kempston in 2013. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. Bedfordshire Clinical Commissioning Group says it needs to use the £460,000 to help achieve financial recovery. And routine surgery has been reinstated at Bedford Hospital following an unprecedented demand for emergency care. An increase in admissions involving elderly patients meant all beds were taken last week. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tottenham and Southampton are through to the fourth round of the FA Cup after replay wins last night. Spurs came from 2-0 down to beat Burnley 4-2 at White Hart Lane, while Southampton won 1-0 at Ipswich. Tottenham will be at home to Leicester. Southampton will host Crystal Palace. Also last night, Bradford beat Millwall 4-0 to earn a trip to Chelsea. Here's the Millwall manager, Ian Holloway. That was embarrassing. In 19 years of football, I, I didn't know where they were going and what they were doing. I tried to tell them, I tried to tell them at half-time. And they got a man up and step up, if that's who we've got. We've got some new ones coming. I don't want that group to get those new players into that group. You know, there's something wrong with it. Benicophobi has described his lone spell at Milton Keynes Dons as a turning point in his career. Afobi has completed a permanent move from Arsenal to Wolves after 19 goals for the Dons this season. Luton are hoping to extend the loan of fullback Michael Harriman until the end of the season. Meanwhile, manager John Still will be given the freedom of the borough of Luton later today. England one-day captain Owen Morgan has quashed Kevin Peterson's hopes of an England recall. Peterson had suggested that Morgan wanted him back in England's one-day squad, but Morgan says that's not the case. Kev does what he likes the majority of the time. Kev's an absolute entertainer and with the bat and off the field and I get on with him really well. So it doesn't really bother me. We've always separated business and pleasure um, and I don't think anything will be different. And London Marathon Race Director Hugh Brasher says they're thrilled that Paula Radcliffe has chosen this year's race for her final marathon. The Bedford athlete now 41 has won the race three times but hasn't competed for nine years. She'll bring the curtain down on her marathon career on April the 26th. BBC Three Counties News and Sports the next full bulletin is at nine. Call 08459 455 When will they learn? Camilla on Twitter wants a shout-out because it's her birthday. What, do you think we're the Ken Bruce show? No. No, Camilla, if you want a shout-out for your birthday... No, don't... Kelly! If you want a shout-out for your birthday, this is the way you do it for one day only. What? On this day in history. 
1968, my mum was preparing to give birth to her first child, and lovely she is too, from Karen in Welling Garden City. It's clever. I see what you've done there. But Camilla, no. Not happening. What are we talking about this morning, Kath? They've got 30 minutes to give us a call. Well, the thing that's going is these blended families and how yeah. you make it work. And uh, we were keen to hear from someone who was the result of a blended family. and who it's Basically, step-step-children, step-parents. Do you have to love them? There is no re... It would be easier to uh, love, for example, a five-year-old stepkid than a 15-year-old stepkid. It's just easier, because five-year-olds are cuter than 15-year-olds, and five-year-olds are more accepting than 15-year-olds of the change in the relationship. But arguably, that 15-year-old needs a united front just as much as the five-year-old, because at that age, they will see any weakness between their parents and any idea that one of them is in the middle as a a way of exploiting it. uh, Listen, I I think you would would get on, you would tolerate, at the very least, a stepkid, but loving someone is a different thing. You you fall in love with with a woman who's got kids... There's no reason you're going to fall in love with their kids. Isn't there part of you, though, that thinks, well, that's part of her, they are hers? Yeah, but some kids, some kids, let's be honest, are ugly. Let alone, you know, horrible. Some of them are just ugly. I've seen some ugly kids in my time. Mm. Not my boys, obviously, they're beautiful. Mm. My boys are actually beautiful. Mm. I brought up two stepchildren with my ex-girlfriend for 11 years. Did you, Kath? No. My ex-girlfriend didn't have any children. I brought up two stepchildren with my ex-girlfriend for 11 years, says Paul. We had a great relationship and they always knew I wasn't their real father. Maybe that's the key. You don't try yeah. and be their dad. Yeah, oh yeah. When yep. we split, the children were 14 and 17. And although I tried to continue the relationship with them, they weren't interested. And I now, unfortunately, have no contact. Oh. Although we always got on really well. Isn't that sad? Really sad. Isn't that sad? What's interesting as well, and I mentioned it to the, the, the caller earlier on, is um, if I were a stepdad... I would feel very uncomfortable telling off someone else's child. Well, you shouldn't be made to feel uncomfortable. Well, stop making me feel uncomfortable. What? Uh, What? No, but the point is, I think if you are a blended family, the husband and wife or partners have to have an agreement whereby they are united. Where's this term blended family come from? I don't know, that lady used it and I thought it was good. It's a good, it's a good term, it feels a little bit um, sandal wearing. I don't feel like a stepchild. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's only dawned on me. I've got a stepmum. It never really dawned on me. Yeah, it doesn't feel like that. I've got a stepmum. It's like what it is. But you never lived with them, did you? I never lived with them. I only only met her uh, uh, properly, well, I only met her uh, the last two years. There's your trouble. And she's lovely. Margaret's lovely. You know, never but, call her mum, though. No, I'd never call her mum, but she's uh, uh, um, she's lovely. I don't, I don't speak to her or anything now that my dad's yeah. gone. But um, but you wouldn't have felt that way when you were 17, would you? No, 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 no. 08459 455 555. Got another one here. Go on. Grown-up stepchild, this is anonymous. Yeah. There were three of us, and we were in our early teens when our mum got with him. He was amazing. He took us as his own alongside his two children. Yeah. We couldn't have wished for a better stepdad. We'd been through the whole stepdad thing previously, and that was terrible for us, including his own stepdad. Yeah. Um, um, but we were saved, as this one was amazing. I loved him so much. I'm 37 now, and he died eight years ago, never forgotten. There's no mention of your natural dad there. I wonder whether that makes a difference. Yeah, it, uh, we would do, wouldn't it? 08459 555 And there's one more, if you want if Yeah, go on, time. do that, and Chris then we'll do the eagle. Chris in Watford says, your phone in hurts. I have two kids from previous uh, previous relationship and bad blood with my new wife and young kids has been partly attributable to me breaking contact with my kids. The ex-wife didn't help either. She was very controlling, which again added to that decision. That's from Chris in Watford. That's sad. Yeah, it, it is sad. Um, oh, look, we can speak to a um, friend of the show. It's uh, our Mr T impersonator. Morning, boss. Good morning, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. It's nice to speak to you, mate. For those who missed it, this gentleman came in last week. He's Britain's premier Mr T impersonator. And I, I am reminded, of course, that you are a stepdad, aren't you? 
Yeah, I'm a stepdad, and I was, I'm also a stepson. So uh, I think in a way I was kind of programmed to think of this as uh, the norm for me to uh, fit into a family. At what age did you become a stepson? Ah, uh, the thing was, I have no clue. I was nine months, I was told. So right. my dad, he came in, but the thing is, he has two children of his own. Right. And in a way, uh, well, not in a way, they resent me slightly because me and my dad, we've got an awesome relationship. Oh. Me and him have the same sense of humor. I mean, even when I got older, uh, I was 20-something, I was still going to uni. He moved in with me because mm-hmm. uh, my mom moved upstate to go to uni with my sister, just, you know, mom's a bit overprotective. But um, he moved in with me. We lived together as adults for five years downstate. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, we... Uh, so at what point did you know that he wasn't your... Did you find out he wasn't your, your biological dad? Oh, instantly. Uh, well, we, we You, knew you always knew? Yeah, yeah. Dad's Irish-German and uh, Mom's oh. Chinese. Uh, so there's a bit of a hint there. <laughs> <laughs> that would have given it away. OK. Uh, and and the, 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 your step-brother um, and sister, did you say, they were, they were slightly resentful of you? Well, I guess you could say they're my brother and sister because they came out of mom. But, uh, right. yeah, they're a bit resentful because, um, yeah, me and dad, well, he should be my stepdad, but he's daddy. You know I mean? Yeah. He's, he sees me as my son, and, uh, and I'm, he's, he's always been dad. Okay, uh, then how old, because you, you came over to the UK to, uh, mm-hmm. to uh, marry someone or be with someone that you met yeah. online, and they had a kid. How old was their kid when you became their, your, oh, God, it's so complicated. You became their stepdad. Okay, we have a bit of a complicated situation here. I didn't tell you everything last week. Oh, um, my first partner, she had a couple of kids, three kids. One was twin. One was eighteen. Uh, one was uh, twelve, and the other one was around seven-ish or so. So wow. it was more different ages, uh, different groups. Um, but I guess you come into the family and either you come in full as dad or yeah. you don't. That's about it. Um, but I didn't come in saying I'm your daddy or anything, but I guess I'm one of the parental units, and uh, this is how it goes. And did you like, when you met the kids for the first time, because obviously you're in love with the mom, did you like the kids? Yeah, the kids are cool. They were just normal little kids. That's about it. They wanted to find out about me. You know, they want to push buttons. They want to see what uh, boundaries they could push. Uh, and that's about it. You just kind of show the boundaries that mom put up, you know, they were pretty straight, pretty yeah. straight, you do what you do, you wash the dishes, have fun, let's go uh, to the movies, and that's about it. You'd be a kid, I'd be a dad, and that's about it. Mr. T, listen, I'm so glad that you that you, you are a friend of the show, and I'm going to keep calling him Mr. T. He, uh, he's a wonderful chat. If you want to hear him when he came in last week, uh, download last week's podcast. You missed it, Kath. You weren't here. I didn't miss it. I listened to it at home. I was gutted, though. He was such a nice fella. Thank you so much for that. I really appreciate that. Kay's on the line. Morning, Kay. Morning. Kay, what would you like to say? Uh, well, my stepdad came into my life when I was a late teenager, sort of 17. Okay. And has been absolutely amazing. He gave away my sister at her wedding. Um, he supported both, all three of the, me, my brother and my sister. It's just, he's just been an absolute godsend. Now, uh, so I, have, I remember my sister at 17. She was a right pain in the old... She was... Oh, she was a pain. <laughs> uh, and, and 17-year-old girls, young women, they can be... Um, they can be vicious. Did you welcome him straight away, or did you? were you kind of resistant? No, I welcomed him with open arms. I didn't speak to my real dad from the age of 12 when he left. Um, so I welcomed him straight into my life. I started calling him dad about two years after he moved. Right. My, mom and dad, my mom and stepdad moved in. I bet um, that must have been an emotional thing for both of you. Did you just kind of... Did you discuss with, it, with him calling him dad, or did you just say one day, hey, Dad, what are you watching on the telly? Yeah, literally, I just wow. walked up into the house one day and just went, Hi, Dad, how are you? That must have blown his mind. 
Yeah, but he's he's been there through the birth of my child. Yeah. His other grandchildren, all the grandchildren call him granddad. Um, my, me and my stepmom don't get on at all. Because um, my dad recently married. Oh, okay, right. It's, it's, it's so complicated. This, this, it's all right. So, so, but did you you don't get on with your biological dad, or do you? I do to a point. We're more um, friends, right? Than, uh, than anything. And else. you don't get on with the the woman that he's married. No, she she asked me when I'm going to lose weight. Oh. When I'm going to uh, look after myself. Oh, nice. Stop doing this and stop doing that. So it swings around. But I think girls get on better with a stepdad. Than they do their own. When they do with their stepmom, because stepmoms, it's a sort of a. How would you put it? A, a, there's a battle yeah. for affection from your dad. I think you're talking about territory. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Didn't like her approaching in the fact that my dad loved somebody else who wasn't my mum. Yeah. Okay, listen. I, I think, uh, this is fascinating. I said all we need to get is one good call of this, and we've had we've had half a dozen good calls. I think all of our uh, listeners have. I think uh, uh, some of our listeners have uh, uh, matured over Christmas. Something's happened over Christmas, like a fine cheese or a fine port. Because we, we, we've thrown out some slightly heavier stuff than we would normally do, just because it's, it's just come up in conversation, not through any um, deliberate part, uh, the plot on our part. Uh, and then we had some cracking calls. Haven't we had some cracking calls? And some cracking texts as well. So J- just Justin, say- mm. can we listen? Because I, I know you've been on Eagle Watch and I want to yeah. give this the, the full uh, the, the credit it deserves. <laughs> can we come back? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can we come back to you after the weather? Yeah, no, some great calls. Um, some of my friends are step parents and um, I really admire them because personally, yeah. I don't think I could do it. Tell me why. I'll tell you why. Because whatever you do, you cannot win. So if you're going to bring up somebody else's child, yeah. so there's going to be another parent in your life you may absolutely hate that person they may cause all sorts of problems so you're marrying somebody else but you're also going to have somebody that you don't like in your life forever and also telling the kids off what do you do this is what i'm saying yeah when the child then turns around and says i don't care what you say because you're not my mum or you're not my dad i I couldn't do it well as the mum in in this imaginary scenario (laughs) who are the parents and who's the stepkids i think i'm married to both of you at this point all right no wonder it's not working it would be my job to back you up so that there was no division but what if I, as, as what the caller said earlier on, what if I tell your kids off for something that I disapprove of, yeah. but you yeah. think is or is acceptable? Same as what happens with my husband now. Sometimes I don't agree with his decisions. I never discuss it in front of the children. We wait till they've gone to bed and we talk it through. I'm, you, you know, that's a skill. My, my little boy, my youngest, wants my... Um, sp- I've got a spitting image doll. He wants it in his bedroom. And I'd be quite happy for him to have it. But his mum said, no, you can't have it. And he got really upset yesterday and kind, came crying to me. And I said, well, look, I don't personally have a problem with it, but your mother's obviously got her reasons, and we have to agree with her reasons. Hmm. And that's kind of what you have to do. Yeah, you've got some texts of you, Catherine. You, uh... I've got one here that Go I on. thought was interesting. This is from Matt. He says, we suggested that younger kids might be more accepting. He said, five-year-olds are more accepting. At seven, on her wedding day, I told my new stepmother that she would never replace my mother. That's from Matt. Oh, but then maybe that's a mistake. Don't try to replace their mother. Yeah. Justin, listen, we'll speak to you about the eagle in a few minutes. You're right, boss. Yeah, no worries, boss. Thank you very much indeed. We'll find out if he found the eagle. He didn't... He sounded like he could be holding a flapping creature in his hand. Oh, I didn't hear any shrieking. 08459 455555 is the phone number. Let's get the trav. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Between Chicksands and Haynes, that's partially blo- it's blocked in both directions uh, near Northwood End Road because of an accident. On the A1 Southbound, that's looking very slow on the speed sensors between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout through the roadworks. And in Watford on Stevenson Way, that's very busy around the M1 Junction 5. On the M1 Southbound, that's easing off now after Junction 11 for Dunstable Road after the accident earlier. Uh, but northbound on the M1, that's looking quite slow past that stretch at Junction uh, 13 for Bedford to 12 for Flittick. On the M1 Southbound, and also between Junction 4 for Edgware and 2 for the Five Ways Corner. That has now reopened and it's moving fine through there at the moment. On the trains, East Midland and Thameslink services have 15 minute delays between St Pancras International and uh, Bedford and Luton. Also, uh, London Midland services have possible delays because of uh, safety checks being made on the line. Samantha the Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. 8.45, Thursday the 15th of January. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Two teenagers serving life sentences for the murder of a Bedfordshire grandfather during a raid on his home have had their appeal bids rejected by top judges. Thousands of pounds is being taken from GP practices in Bedfordshire to help reduce the £30 million NHS deficit in the county. And the Daily Mail is facing criticism for calling Dunstable a ghost town. Coming up, more of your stories about step-parents and Justin Dealey. But before that, Georgina with the web. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello there. Well, the winds do ease a little this morning, but then they pick up again in the middle of the morning. And then we've got some fairly blustery showers, which could be a little thundery at times, with some sunny spells in between. And highs of 9 degrees, so fairly mild. And the winds start to ease in the early hours of the morning, so it's going to be quite gusty before that. We've got a few isolated showers and also some clear spells, with lows between 2 and 4 degrees. And then tomorrow, much lighter winds altogether. A fairly cloudy first thing, but that does clear through the morning. And then we've got a few showers hours around but uh, lots of sunny spells tomorrow not too bad a day really particularly in the afternoon but feeling a bit more chilly with highs of seven degrees and then a couple of frosty nights over the weekend saturday is looking cloudy with some showers and uh, they could be a little bit sleety at times on sunday we've still got a lot of that low cloud hanging around but it should clear later on and then a much quieter day on monday that's your latest forecast Every weekday from 12. We're talking to Ellis Jones uh, about her journey, which has uh, landed her in the arms of Youthscape. When I was five, my dad left our family. It's your first inclination to go, oh, I must have done something naughty. Nick Coffer. I was in a really vulnerable place. The people at Youthscape, it is literally their job to show you that they love you and care about you and whatever you're going through. Every day my job's a privilege, but every once in a while it's an even bigger privilege because I get to meet people like you. Nick Coffer on BBC Three Counties Radio. Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Justin, stay there. I want to go to Mark first, and we're going to come straight to your promise. Mark, good morning. Morning, Ian. Mark, what, what have you got for us? Uh, well, you haven't heard, Comp- I hope my parents aren't listening, but if they are, I love them very much. But? Uh, but uh, they got married by the time I was about, I think, 25 or 30. They, been, Mum had been married five times, Flipping and Dad had been married four times. Blimey! When they, when my mum and dad split up originally, they um, they swapped couples with another couple, so that one was living at the top of the road and we were living at the bottom. And then when I came back, I lived in Hollywood when I was eighteen, and when I came back at twenty, dad had become my bro- my uncle. 
because mum had married my dad's brother. Oh my! <laughs> and then when I came screaming out of the closet, they they, they had the call to ask me why. Fantastic! So who is so? There's so many. Tell me, we've only got ten minutes left. We can't unravel yeah, this. Well, so, I, I mean, it's a nightmare. I mean, you know, who, are, your, who difficult... are you? Who are your parents? How many parents have you got then? Oh, well, they're all over the place. Mother's, mother's Day is a nightmare. You know, it cost me a fortune. So your third, <laughs> your, your, your third stepdad, let's say. Well, my first stepdad, I didn't. Uh, when my mum split up, when they when they swapped, yeah. when, and and dad was living at the top of the road. Um, the step, the, the, the partner, my mum's new partner, was it was just awful. It was the worst experience. I mean, he just didn't have anything to do with us whatsoever. And, and did you, uh, when that happened, did you say, Mum, this fella's a loser, he's, he's being horrible well, to us? No, because I was nine, it was, it was quite young, and, you know, but he, he had nothing to do with us, you know, he would, he would sit in his room and his kids were up the road, and um, it, was a, yeah, it was a horrible experience, and years later he apologised, but it was a little bit too little too late, yeah. you know? And are you in um, touch with all of your, so hang on, you've got like uh, uh, nine parents, have I got that right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't think my, I've got two step uh, step brother and step sister that my mum had with her first, you know, new partner, and and I, I, I well, but all the kids, we we don't, I don't think of them as step kids, as step brothers. You yeah. know, I, yeah. I, I, I love them all. Them, I think of them are just as brothers and sisters. Are you in touch with all of your all of your step parents? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, one's I think one's dead. Um, uh, my dad got married in America before he came over here, and, and unfortunately, she died as well. So, uh, but the ones, the ones in this country, yes, yes. And were there any? This is so. This is brilliant. Were there any of your step parents or uh, re, your, your mum or your dad um, that was completely against you being gay, or was everybody support? How did that work? Uh, uh, no, well, most they've been fine. You know, my my dad was horrified, right, um, to start with, uh, but he's been the best. Then. You know, he, uh, you know, my partner, uh, <laughs> one of my first partners was from, was from Brixton. We all worked together in a, in a, fa- in a family business, and uh, my, my brother worked with me, and he said, Dad, Mark's got something he wants to tell you. He's got a new partner, he's from Brixton, and he's black. Oh, <laughs> And I bet your dad would have hated that. My dad was from Chicago, and he just turned around in his, in his big chair and he said, "Son, you're testing our love." <laughs> Wowzers, Mark, so Mark we we've, cool. we've, cool. we've never spoken before, have we? Uh, no, I don't think so. No. But listen, no, I, I really appreciate your call. You've got a brilliant laugh. Thank you so much, Mark. Oh, thank you. <laughs> There we go. Thank you very much indeed. Oh, I love him. Can we keep him? <laughs> oh, he's got nine parents. I think I got the maths right there. That's incredible. I didn't think this would take off when I put it out. I didn't think it would take off. What what, what brilliant calls. And again, lo- this the, the last couple of weeks, loads of new voices we've never heard. I love it. Mark, that was wonderful. Do you know what Thank I really you. liked about Mark? Yeah. I mean, he's got every reason to com- be completely messed up yeah, there. Yeah, didn't he? But he's not. No, well, from, from a five-minute phone right, call, it would five, appear he's my not. My five-minute diagnosis is sound as a pound. He could be completely screwed up, couldn't he? But um, that was brilliant. That was... Thank you, Mark. More, all right, Justin. <laughs> yes, boss. He was great, wasn't he? 
Who's that in the background? That's uh, Norman, the eagle. Is that Norman? That's Norman. That's what he sounds like. Oh. Yeah. Have you got him? No. Oh, flipping it's been a tough morning. Go on. Yes. Um, Alex, uh, Alan Smith uh, has been in touch. He's uh, 65 years old. Um, he's lost Norman, the golden eagle. Oh. He went missing in Flitwick last Friday. He's been in touch with us. Uh, since then, Norman has become an internet sensation. Yeah. People looking for him. Um, sightings coming in. So this morning, as I said to you earlier, I went to the areas affected. Okay, so we've yeah. got uh, Flitwick, uh, also Stuart B. I went looking for this eagle, and I said I wasn't going to mess about. I wanted to find him. Things got very, very tense on the streets this morning in Bedfordshire. Here's what happened. Hello, mate. You haven't seen Norman, have you? Who's Norman? Barry. Everyone's heard about the bird. I said a bird, bird, bird. Bird is the word. Have you heard about the bird? Yes. Where's Norman? I don't know. <laughs> no, where, where is he? Apparently the weather last night was a bit horrendous, so I was working outside and the wind and the rain was hammering along. Right, so you were concerned for, for no, Norman's safety last night? obviously uh, just knew that with the weather and things like that, so... Did you not care about Norman? No, I didn't say I didn't care. It's a bit tense already, isn't it? About what? Just between us. Only you. OK. Have you seen Norman? We're looking for Norman this morning. Don't know any Norman. Norman the Eagle? He sounds a bit like this. Are you sure you haven't seen him? Dead sure. You're not hiding, are you? No. You're holding out for a ransom? No. Nope. A psychologist would have a field day with you right now. You I sure? I think you've got him. Hand on heart, you haven't got him. Hand on heart, I ain't got him. Should we leave it there? If you like. Morning, boss. You haven't seen Norman by any chance, have you? There's a f- Norman. An eagle? No, go and have a look for him then. Stop it, you f- Boss? Well, Justin, mm. one day you are going to get a smack in the gob. I just... Uh, and that was, that was the closest you've been? It, it was very close, I, I must admit. Um, a couple of people came up to me afterwards and said, are you OK? I said, I'm fine. Um, by the way, if you do see Norman the Golden Eagle in Bedfordshire, um, the advice is to contact us. We have the contact number for his mm. owner or the RSPB. Uh, the owner, Alan Smith, he says that he will not attack any cats. Don't worry unless he's hungry. Justin, very quickly, we sent you out on two missions today. Is anybody... Um, and we've had no phone calls on it, which, yep. which se- speaks volumes to me. The whole of Prime Minister's question time yesterday was about these flipping TV debates. Not about the yeah. NHS, not about mm-hmm. terror, none of that. It was about who's going to be on TV and when. I asked you to take it to the street. Is anybody bothered by the prospect of, uh, of four, five, three, however many it is, party leaders talking on telly? What happens? Yeah, well, David Cameron, he's saying that uh, he won't be taking part for the time being. Um, I've been asking people, are they bothered about that? Are they bothered about these debates? Here's what people had to say. No, I don't care at all, because they're all... I won't say it. You can say it. No, I can't. So it makes no difference to you at all? No. You sound like the sort of person who doesn't even vote. Would I be right in saying that? That's right, yeah. They're in, all in it for themselves. He absolutely should be there, yes. Yeah. How could he not? Otherwise, he's not having his say and people will lose respect for him. I mean, you say he should be there. Do you personally, do you care if he's there? I don't think I'll be watching the debates myself, but on principle, I think if he doesn't turn up, that says more than him turning up and saying what he believes in. To be absolutely honest, no. I don't care one way or the other. Yeah, if, he, if he hasn't... I happened, have to he... stop this. I have to stop Go this. On. Justin, mm. uh, say hello to Steve. Hi, Steve. Hi, Justin. How are you, Steve? Yeah, not bad, thanks. Excellent. What have you got for us, sir? 
Um, at the end of the runway, Luton Airport, right where it goes uh, Vauxhall, as you're going towards the M1, there's yep. birds right at the end of the runway. Whether you... it's an eagle or not, I don't know. I got I got a minute. Underneath it. You, you, so you've, you've seen a bird on the runway, but you don't know if it's an eagle or not? <laughs> not on the runway, above the runway, quite high up. So I, is it driving and you're concentrating on driving, it's a bit difficult to see the height of it, but it was, it was an eagle shape. Was it flying? It was huge. It was flying, yeah. Right. Did he look arrogant? Because Norman the eagle does look a little bit cocky. Did he look arrogant? Oh, very, oh he's... It's him, then. It's him. Steve, uh, th- thank you very much. There's Justin. a reporter upstairs being deployed as we speak. Justin, go and take your butterfly net. I want to squeeze in Andrew on the line. Morning, Andrew. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say, sir? Parent, um, and, and I was a Say that again, Andrew. You, you, your phone just dropped out. Can you hear me? I can hear you now. Go on. Yeah, I'm a step-parent, and obviously I'm, uh, I'm a step-child as well. Um, and I had a very, very happy childhood, but the joke of it is myself, well, I'm black, my wife is white. And my wife used to tell the children that if they don't behave, she'd run away with a black man. Oh, blimey. Well, <laughs> there you go. Well, that, 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 that's learnt them, isn't it, Andrew? Not quite sure how to uh, respond to that. Catherine, what's the, look it up in the manual. What's the response? Well, uh, if, if Andrew's OK with it. Then I'm OK with it. Andrew, thank you. What a lot of uh, good calls and um, uh, excellent uh, contributions from our listeners today. I think we can safely say. Don't forget tomorrow, Vinyl Friday, all the music you'll hear will be from, from records. And, Kath, uh, bring your stash in, please. Oh, my goodness. I've got some new ones as well, some new old ones as well. So that's good. Uh, and between half seven and eight, and it's an experiment. And we're going to do it for three months. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. That's fine, he said, setting himself up to fall. Between half seven and eight tomorrow, it's our open door policy. You turn up, you knock on the door, we let you in, and you come and sit in the studio with me and Catherine. And we talk to you for half an hour. Or if you just want to come in for a few minutes and then and disappear, you're more than welcome to. Very, very simple. Uh, you just come in and if you want to bring the kids, if you want to bring Nan, if you want to bring the dog, if you just want to come in from the cold, you're more than welcome to come in. Understand? Comprende? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M40 northbound, there's been an accident between Junction 3 for High Wycombe East and 4 for the High Wycombe Handicross roundabouts. There are a lot of queues, although it's been moved to the hard shoulder now. On the M1 northbound, that's looking very slow from Junction 12 for Flitwick and 13 for Bedford. With a, not helped by a breakdown earlier in, well, in Milton Keynes on the A421 standing way. It's partially blocked on the Kingston roundabout. That's causing queues uh, between there and the M1 Junction 13 for Bedford, so very busy in that patch. In Chicksands on High Road, that's closed in both directions at Northwood End Road because of an accident and the air ambulance is there. And the A1 southbound's very busy between the St. Neots Junction and the Black Cat Roundabout with the roadworks uh, in that bit too. On the trains, there are 50-minute delays on East Midland services between Bedford, St. Pancras International and between Luton and St. Pancras International. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Excellent stuff as always. That's it. That's your lot. Half past seven tomorrow morning. You're going to come along? We're very nice. We won't bite. Thank you, Kells, Catherine and Justin. Until tomorrow at six from us. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JBS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Thursday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, is it ever fair to blame a 16-year-old for a relationship with a teacher? <laughs>